Okay, I'm going. It looks like Jesus on your screen. That's Dave Grohl. Yeah, Dave. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah he flicks Dave Grohl between Jesus and the devil. He just, you know, <laughs> just to stir this bloke up. I'm glad I don't face that way. Okay, let's go. You cannot buy what you want for the money you have. This is the reason why people build up custom cars, street rods or street machines, claims Howard Carter, a Canwell, New South Wales fitter and turner. Howard started with a stock car and as money allowed, he built up the EH to Holden to the standard he wanted. The project took 15000 over four years. Motor is a 186 out of 202 uh, by Ted Ryan, XU1 valves, Waggot 4080 cam, solid lifters, JP pistons, rods of blue Holden, RHS head uh, ported, and pol- ported and shaved with dual Isky springs. A cane manifold runs triple one three quarter inch SU carbies. Holy electric fuel pump. Mallory distributor is used. Tonnel stainless mufflers are fitted. Flywheel is lightened eight pounds. Pressure plate stats and 240Z. 240Z five speed. Radiator core is a V6 Capri core. Trans adapter is Jeff Ballow brand. Uh, Dallo, sorry. The motor is balanced and polished. Munro Wiley GT 130s are fitted. Let's get down to the bottom bit here. HR disc brake front end is used. Rear brakes are Fiat 2300 modified and fitted to the HR diff housing. Hood scoops are XPGT. Custom dashwork holds eight Smiths gauges. Bucket seats are LJ Tirana. A Voxon and Pioneer tape deck and equaliser are used. Paint is Marina Blue, a Mazda colour in lacquer. Upholstery is front runner material in cornflower blue and black vinyl premier door trims are used gs ford gas cap xy falcon fuel tank lj tirana fender flutes flared fenders and sunroof those who helped were barry george paul swinfield and rick hickling and mandy hobart howard's fiance member of eh car club in new south wales canwell new south wales and that comes from Custom Rodder number 89 issue. Um, and that's just how you EH, as far as I can tell. You know, <laughs> like, but to have a look at this thing that he bought stock and it's off its head. It's a bit hard for you guys to see, but I could give Scotty a bit of a glance. But as soon as I saw the bonnet scoops and everything, and I thought for a bloke that bought a stock one and just the evolution, the amount of parts. So I could have started by singing happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear EH, happy birthday to you, and we could all clap 60 times. But, okay, this is our episode to celebrate the EH Holden. Welcome to the studio. We've got some hierarchy in the place. Simon Telford, how are you going, mate? Hey, I was just looking at my customer order. I've got bound customer orders, and they ended 86. I've got all the rest. Yep. They're not bound, so I couldn't put my hand to 89. Yeah, I was amazed when I pulled out it's custom rodders and found how many EHs are in custom rodder and early Australian street rodding because I want to sort of chat about Australian street rodding, I yep. suppose, and the demise of that mag too or the departure. Um, uh, both those mags are great if you want to go back and see early 80s street machines. Absolutely. Yeah. Say, there's like they're one, one or two-page stories, and there's not much of a story, but – Man, there's a lot of history in there. Yeah, so absolutely. Really cool. So we can forgive you your little bit of EJ love, you know, in the EH episode, but also welcome to the studio, uh, Car 35 Variety Bash campaigner, Brett Abraham. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you going, Moses? Going real well, mate. I think I don't know the timeline. I think we're about two and a half years down the track, you know, and we started shouting you out right at the outset. So it sounds absolutely perfect to have you involved in this episode. Oh, thanks very much for the invite. Yeah, it's great. 
No worries. Now, this is where we invite everyone in and then we just sit here and talk bloody general business normally and just, you know, sit there in the sidelines waiting to see when you're coming back. But don't have a lot to put into general business. I'll also make an apology for AO at the moment because uh, he's been McFucked over by the lads making work roster at uh, the Maccas. So he's going to be joining us close to one o'clock, we think. So, no dramas. Yep. Rightio. So, uh, Joined by okay, so in the general business, I want to deal with the takeover episode. So, not the last, the episode before last, which uh, Adrian and I were a bit unaware of, where four drunken yobbos got into our studio and took over and recapped the episode. Scotty's here; he's feeling no no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was held at gunpoint. Yeah, and Scotty will understand. Scotty would be able to relate too. This bloke didn't handle it too well when he look, went looking for his episode with Daryl on Thursday morning. It wasn't there because I thought, well, now what do I tell this bloke who's probably checking Spotify right now and looking for his options? Um, so once I sorted that out and then got into it and listened to it, I could laugh along and enjoy the banter. But you know, I'm not speaking out of turn by saying AO was thinking about winding back in the next you know, month and a half, two months. Um, and, you know, we'll go on record like a lot of podcasts. We don't make money out of this. We spend money on doing it, but I've spent yep. more money on things that were worse for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, after Jamie Clay did his bit of research and went right back through all our episodes and they all sat in here and, you know, sort of pumped us up a bit. And he rang me in the middle of the day and said he can't really walk away now. Um, and I thought I'd be the one with the dodgy memory, but he needed a bit of a reminder of the value that we've that he put to, put into the community, yeah, I guess. So, it got him in the feels a little bit. It did, it did, and that was really good to see because, I mean, I had the potential to just carry it on, you know, find another co-host, do something a little different because we didn't want to walk away from the format. But, um, yeah, we're going to change things up a little bit. I think there'll be a bit more researched material, you know, involved and – yeah, now Jamie, because he's done his bit of research, he's throwing suggestions that are going to involve a little bit of homework, so I don't mind that either. But, yeah, got him right in the fields and locked him back in, so well done. Uh, Jamie, Dale, Evelyn, Scotty, Rusty, yeah, what a bloody team, you know, and again, even Rusty, I was nearly thinking I could bloody put him in there to co-host if it had turned out that way. You know, we're calling ourselves the podcast saviours now. Yeah, no, well, that's all right, because everyone else wanted to deny that was the impact. You know, everyone I've approached and said, hey, you know what you've done. Yeah, they think it's a bit too much. But, yeah, no, really happy with the way that's all played out. So um, that was part of my general business. Uh, then we moved down to the Instacar show. Uh, we're still open for entries at the moment, but they were, they were slow to roll in. I'm going into scooters with the Nash tomorrow, get him to do me valve springs, so I'll be checking in on the trophy. I guarantee it'll be a killer trophy because the work he's doing on me car is mind-blowing. So uh, Chrome in the Goldfields, our Tracy Fisher slash Evelyn Wilson event, uh, entries closed, so they closed Friday. But there's a pre- fairly hefty itinerary and there'll be a lot of cars around Creswick the weekend of the 20th to the 22nd. Now, yeah, me Nasher updates the valve springs, that's about it. AO updates. Uh, people would realise AO's playing with that Jeep Cherokee at the moment for his lovely lady, but also bought himself a VR club sport. So it'll be interesting to watch the evolution of that, but I think he's been a little bit too busy trimming the Jeep to be able to even give it a clean. So waiting for him to put his special touches on that clubby. So. That hood lining on the Jeep came up bloody awesome too, I thought. Oh, absolute cracker. Absolute yeah. cracker. You know, and what, yeah. 
Just I, I wouldn't have picked that. No, nah, blend seamlessly, and she and she's loving it. Like I dropped in to check them out, and yeah, you know, but that thing had. It was like a buddy, like a grid of pins up into the <laughs> into the hood line and holding it in place. And yeah, it's yeah. pretty involved. But you know, Adrian's there, but he doing brakes and stuff, and probably yeah, relearning stuff that he knew when he had his Jeep back in the day. So no, yeah. it's good to see they're keeping pretty active on that. So <clears throat> really nice. I don't have much else to update. And AO might have a little bit to come in, but just back to that Instacar show. Never late comp at gmail.com. Send in your cars. We've had some killer entries in there of late, Smody, Buddy Entrance, and all sorts of gear. So get on that one. <clears throat> now, I think it's time to go to our guest questions. And because we've, with all our Zencaster messing around, we've got you both sitting here at the same time. We may as well go for one, one for one. Sounds good. But what about if we start with you, Brett, with your first car-related memory? Yeah, I had a little bit of a thought like about this last night. Um, I didn't write anything down. My... I guess my first car-related memory starts from boats, really. We water skied when I was kids and most boats had V8 engines in them and they were super unreliable. So you'd have, yep. have a 10-minute ski. This is in the late 70s, early 80s. You'd have a 10-minute ski and then they were working on it for an hour. So <laughs> everyone would gather around. Oh, I can remember this. This is sort of my first tinkering with spanners and screwdrivers and whatever and they'd often be – back up on the bank getting parts off the cars that were in the car park to get the boat going because they all were similar <laughs> engines. They were 253s and 308s and yep. even some red six-cylinder-powered boats and, you know, they'd keep them going. And, yeah, we obviously had some cars that were just of the day in the car park. My uncle had a um, a GT, a GDR LJ. Yep. Um and there was another guy there with a red HQ Monaro. There was, I can remember, one of the very first VC Brock Commodores, a white one with the, um, you know, the stripes on it. Yep. All those cars, they were just regular cars on the road, but they were still nice. Yeah. Um, so they were, yeah, very much my first memories were cars at our Caribbean park and in the boats. Yeah. What vintage yeah. you again, mate? 74. 74. Yeah, no, yeah. Right. Puts everything into perspective. But, yeah. Yeah. And, again, those VC, the HDTs, my old man was loading the car carrier with them. So, yeah, real yep. real fondness for them when I was back in year eight. Oh, so. absolutely. I still love it. If I see a white one, I still think back to when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna, that, was, that was their everyday car. I walked into a shed to do a pickup of some XRGT uh, seats in Ballarat the other day, and there's a two-door X. E Falcon with Group C flare kit on it, bit of a weird yeah. bonnet treatment. I said, I said to Josh at Streeters, I said, "How the hell did I not see this last time?" He goes, "It's friggin' cool, isn't it?" And I said, "Hell yeah. yeah, it is." But the bloke's built it in his shed at home on his own in the world of overpriced yeah, yeah. ESPs. We're about to see this thing come out and hit the Ball- Ballarat streets. So yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, Mr. Telford, uh, first Ooh. car related memory. And what vintage are you, mate? Just to put I'm this a 72 model. You're a 72 model. I am the old one in the room. Oh, there you yeah. go. They <laughs> just. Yeah. You're a Brocky's first victory. Yeah. On the mountain. My first memory would be my parents, when I was uh, born, were both had EHs. Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh, I would have been conceived and come over from hospital to an EH. Fucking ding, ding, ding. Fucking synchronicities. <laughs> so I can remember that very well. And then same sort of thing as Brett. All my uncles had one had an SI five thousand, one had a LC GDR with all the shit and yep. uh, my stepdad had yeah, hot hot humpies. So yeah, 
Yeah, exactly the same. They were just normal cars, but were all, always being worked on. Yeah, <laughs> like in stupid things like let's put a turbo four hundred in this, or you know, yeah, they never didn't yeah. actually need to do. Doomed from the kickoff, mate. And the first VC Brock I can remember is being at a car show in Brisbane, like an FXFJ state titles or whatever. Yep. You know, Barry Sharman and Russell Tronk, they built a couple of amazing hatches. Yep. Um, probably the best ones in the country at the time in the late 80s, like they were a team. Yep. Uh, and they turned up, they had a match, matching pair because I think he, I think Russell owned Fulcrum suspension. Yep. And they turned up in a matching pair of these VC Brocks to this FX, FJ show and we're like, oh, my God, losing our minds. Wow. So cool. <laughs> no, that's pretty awesome. And the, and the first time I saw a electric windows. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That, was, that was pretty high tech. Yeah, well, I've mentioned before about yeah, local hero Mark Dell, but his son's getting you know, like his son and daughter, mind blown by Nan and Pop having power windows because they've only ever grown up in old school shit. But this is only like five years ago. <laughs> These yeah, young right. kids getting blown away with the power windows. So, Did they work any good back then, even? Yeah, well, oh. yeah, I suppose. Yeah, right. Up to a point, I guess. But depends how often the kids play with them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Only, yeah. Don't play with that. <laughs> only thinking the other day, like everyone who's designed a car is only trying to get through to the next model. You know, they probably don't give a shit if the windows don't work beyond next year. You know, so mm, yeah, go back to the amount of effort put into every bloody car design in nineteen fifty nine, and think, well, those blokes were still only trying to get through to the next model. Yeah, you know, like it's unbelievable the evolution. Um, so there you go. And on boats too, Brett. By the way, I've uh, spent ten hours on two days with a mate, so we could have about an hour in his red six-cylinder powered boat with his family. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, that stuff oh. still goes on today in the uh, bottom end of the scale. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now, first car you spent your own money on. Brett. Well, mine actually was a EJ Holden. Um, <laughs> coincidentally, yeah, yeah, I have posted pictures up, and I, I can do that again on the Insta for sure. But it just came about. I looked at a couple of cars with Dad when I was about sixteen, um, and then the first couple that we looked at, they were just junk. And then I started scouring in the local newspaper. I lived up in Musselbrook at that time, and. Fanny CJ holding up in Scone. Um, I'd always loved chrome bumper cars from when I was a kid. Everyone was into late model VNs and VRs and that sort of a car, and I always liked chrome bumper style cars. Yep. Um, and it's got to be an influence from Street Machine. I read that from, well, as soon as I could read, I started getting it. Yeah. And well, probably before I could read, just looking <laughs> at the pictures. Yeah, and I found this EJ Holden and Dad took me up there and it was a really nice clean car that someone had repainted, but other than that, it was just totally original. Yep. And they had a complete car as a spare except the body. So it had seats, engine, diff, everything, the front end, the whole car, all the panels. Um, and I think they wanted $800 and I was 16 and I wiggled them down to 750 Yep. And then we... Borrowed a car trailer with Dad's EA wagon and we went back up, put the car on the car trailer and towed it home. Then went back up with the car trailer and got all the parts and brought them all home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what a deal. Did, yeah. Did that one. And then I, I had that car in the shed because I couldn't drive. So I had it in the car in the shed, sorry, for about probably a year. And I, I took the rocker cover and the side plates off and cleaned them up and painted them and they were 
that was an extension of what I used to do with my push bikes. Yeah. I just um, got it going from there. I remember I went and bought some Hot Wheel mag, a Hot Wire mag, sorry, out of the newspaper as well. Yep. Painted all them up, put them on, and then put a radio in it. And then when I went to get it registered, I drove down the driveway with Dad, turned to the left, and the front wheels locked up. Oh. And it turns out that the wheels that I bought were from a Tirana. Yep. And they fouled on the steering arms when I turned. So I had to, I was all booked in to go and get a pink slip for it. And I had to back it up into the driveway and put the standard wheels on and go down the road and yep. get the pink slip with the standard wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, learning curve, mate. Learning curve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what was the first one you spent your money on, Simon? Uh, FJ Holden. Yep. I had it. Started with a shell that was not like a fifty dollar body because you could buy fifty dollar FJs in nineteen eighty seven still. Absolutely, and that was two cactus. We ended up cutting that up and putting it in the wheelie bin. Yep, a minute at a time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as you mind now. Yeah, big ambition. It was pretty pretty cactus. Yeah, uh, and then we bought a shell and then you know decided that was a bit hectic too. Yep, I bought a three thousand uh, dollar runner from one of the guys. Uh, Famous in the FJ circles, the Brown Brown Brothers yep. up in Sydney, um, Butch and James, and yep. I bought one off Butch, which was a typical brown car, so red motor, triples, three in the tree, dropped in its guts. Yep, massive cam. That's cool. Stupid wide wheels, and yeah, I drove that car every day for ten years, probably all through uni and first jobs, and yep, night shift and. Many, many, many in our RMA call outs. And <laughs> <laughs> we did we chin it a bit, put a small cam in it, and got it a bit more reliable and disc brakes and all that. And yeah, yep. took it to one, we took it to Tassie for the FXFJ Nationals, probably the coolest thing we did in it. So yeah. We put them over on the boat and drove all around Tassie back when Tassie still had black and white TV and no, ta- no ATMs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we, and then I painted it up like a appendix J car, so sort of blue, cosmic, valiant, cosmic blue with a big white stripe down the guts. And yeah, I used to love just driving that car within its limits, like yep. pretending you're, you know, going through the back box of Sydney and uh, you know pushing it to its to its limits, yeah. and probably not going that fast, but it was certainly fast in that car. Yeah, that's it. Well, really, really enjoyed that car. Yeah, nearly channeling Brian Russell with his circuit race and humpy comes out of the corners on one with one tire touching down. <laughs> it's a wicked car. Yeah, but, still like the appendix J guys, bench seats, the whole thing. Like, yeah, oh. yeah, no, fantastic. Uh, okay, so I've closed my book. I'm that excited by the stories. Uh, okay, so now we're on any regretful sales or missed opportunities, Mister Brett. <laughs> Oh, wow. There's been many missed opportunities. Um, One that really bloody stings. <laughs> yeah, this this is probably a bit of a left of field one from the standard, but I remember one time in about, oh, in the middle 90s somewhere, I looked at a Series 3 RX-7. It was a white, super clean car, really nice original trim and everything. And I had a Series 4 13V turbo fuel injected Ooh. engine conversion done. Yeah, it's flash. Still had, still had the factory-style Series 3 wheels and everything on it. Just white car. It was really unassuming-looking thing. It went quite nice. Yep. Fuel injection was pretty new and flash for me at that stage in the middle of the 90s. And 
it was about eight thousand dollars, and it was a really really nice car. And my old man took me out of it because it wasn't engineered, and I didn't buy it. Yeah, and I still, yeah, I still think that would have been a really nice car to drive, and and you know would have appreciated in value massively from that point forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing how many, how few you see like RX sevens at all on the streets. You know, like yeah, considering how right. many this there used to white, be. White with that red velour trim inside it, which yeah. was a nice nineties combo. I thought eighties combo. Yeah, yeah. Mate's got a series two white one, which um, he ended up buying. He found a flare, he found the flare kit for it and ended up buying it. And I went and picked it up, and the flares are in Stuyvesant colours, and one of them had Moffat written on the back of it. Now, yeah. So I don't know whether they were or whether they're just being styled accordingly. We're not quite sure, but um, yeah, he's going to do that and keep it plain white. But yep. yeah, do it as pretty much with the big flares and all the gear on yep. it. It's currently got the wing on the back, and yeah, it'd be a cool thing. So, and I guess a regretful one that I had, I had that XL V8 Falcon that I had yeah. for about ten years, and I. Again, I was water skiing a lot and I wanted to buy my own boat and I couldn't tow it around with that. So I sold the car and bought a brand new AU XR6 Ute to tow my boat. Yep. And yeah, I wouldn't mind that car back in the shed. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. It was, it was a nice car. Took back the Summonats oh, for probably 10 years and Summonats 9 was the first time I entered the car. And yeah, I've got those cool photos that I look at, even myself, I look at them every now and again and think, shit, that's a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got some little buddies, one of them, some of their mini VHSs, and I know that Summonats, Summonats 7 is on some of them, but I also know that the tripod landed in the bedroom on a couple of occasions <laughs> too, and I don't want to send them off to get them transferred and get the wrong images back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little shaky on that, so we'll see how that plays out, you know, and the, maybe an old mate having a buggle on the buddy veranda at the Edamoga pub back when he was, you know, 19 might be in that too. But yeah. <laughs> They've seen it all, mate, those guys. Absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Telf? Regretful sales, missed opportunities? Uh, probably when I first got... The EJ running, I was kind of like, you know, spent every dollar I had and all the dollars I didn't have. Yep. And I just just started a new relationship and all that stuff. Yep. And guy at work had a HK Premier Power Guide 186. Yep. Three grand. And my boss was trying to get his daughter to buy it, said I was trying to get his daughter to buy it. And she wanted an EH. So he didn't buy it, and I took it for took it out for a day, and it was pretty good. The auto was a bit so something wrong with the power guy. I think, oh, this is not good. And there's yep. a bit of water in the doors, and I'm like, I've just you know, yep, I've just done rust repairs in the CJ. <laughs> I don't want to go through that again. So another mate bought it, yep, and I sent him off to my mechanic, and all they did was you know service the auto, yep. drain the doors, put some plugs in it, yep, per- polished it up. Perfect car. Yeah. <laughs> put a three hundred seven and dressed it like a stock three hundred seven. Yep. Christ, it's a good car, and it's, mm. it's you know dumb, yeah. dumb, dumb. But I know where to put it. I didn't have to, you know. I could have got through a gram, but I was already hocked to the eyeballs. So yeah, that's when being sensible bites in the ass. Absolutely can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we move along now to favourite cars, but I just want to check, is, it, is there a 35 involved, mate, in your favourite car story, or have we got a different one, Brett? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, look, as far as driving a car, yeah, I've had more fun in that car than any other car I've had. Like, yeah, it's probably- I've had that for 10 years now, and, and doing the variety bash in that car, just where we go, what we see, the roads... It, it, and it's a great car to drive, really nice car to drive. Um, 
But no, my favourite car, I guess, my 53 Chev at the moment is, is my favourite car. I love getting that out with my kids and going to shows. And Yeah, that's beautiful. Certainly a head turner and, yeah, I do enjoy it. Yeah. Not as a driver's car. Drives like an old billy cart, but, yep. yeah, it's, it's a really nice-looking car. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very fond of that one, mate. But um, do you want to take us a bit deeper into your variety bash stuff while we're here, mate? Just, you know, good opportunity. I was nearly going to bring that in before our questions, but, you know. Yeah, so as far as the bash itself or my car, or my, which way do you want to go there? Yeah, the whole thing, mate, just the whole journey, how you decided to go and do it and how long you've been doing it, I guess. And Yeah, so I decided to do it. Well, it's a funny story now that I look back. I didn't realise at the time, but in 1990, I went to my year 10 formal in Sydney and one of the girls from our school because uh, everyone went in nice cars at that stage. Um, yeah. And one of the girls from school said, oh, my dad can organise a vintage fire truck for us to go in. And there were six of us. Yep. And we thought that was cool. There was three guys, three girls. Um, we all got in this old Dennis fire truck and did the lights and sirens entry into the formal at school in year 10. Yep. And... You know, that was pretty cool. Everyone was turning up in other, you know, chrome bumper cars or late model cars in 1990. Yep. Um, and then so we got a lot of photos of that, of course. And then I moved to Musselbrook at the end of that year. And not too long later, I'm going to say like the 93, 94, I started noticing these cars getting around Musselbrook, a lot of EHs and EJs and old humpies and stuff like that and they had a lot of stickers and lights and whatever on them and I, I realized that they were variety bash cars and it looked like good stuff and there was a lot of people in Musselbrook at that stage involved and the Newcastle variety bash started in 92 yep and had started in 86 in Sydney and at the early days it was about 25 to 30 cars and there was about six or eight that were just from Musselbrook which was pretty unusual because Musselbrook's about two and a half hours northwest of Newcastle, so those guys cottoned onto it and got involved really early. And, yeah, just seeing all those cars around town, getting wheels on them and engine work and tyres and whatever else, we used to see them pop up all the time. And, you know, they were, they were still bumper cars that you used to see on the road a lot. And, you know, I always liked that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when I got a little older, I realised that that was something that I really wanted to do and I, I learned about the charity from that. And yeah. then I... I got involved in around 2010 helping a mate get a car ready and I didn't go with him and then end up buying my own car. No, sorry, I did go with him when I first started in 2012 is when I first started. Yep. And so I did two bashes with him in a HG Premier. Yep. 253. It was a cool car. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and then I did two in a RB30 powered EH. Yep, and yeah. that was that was one of the guys oh, yeah. from Musselbrook, yep. and he'd done every single bash at that stage. So, well, wow. when I did it with him, he was his twentieth and twenty first, and they had a huge celebration for his twenty first bash, and so that was cool to be alongside him for that. Yep, and then uh, I tried buying that car, and he said, "No way, family's going to bury me in it." That's that was his goal. Um, and then the car that I've got came up for sale, and I always loved it, and I bought it like literally. Two hours after knowing it was for sale. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's yeah. in its current guys. That's how it. Very similar. Yeah. Very similar. I've 
probably had the whole car back apart and back together again over 10 years because they did get a bit of a hard time. It's had different engine and gearbox and, you know, rebuilt the brakes and all different trim and, but the outside basically looks the same. I haven't repainted the car. It was repainted 12 months before I bought it. Yep. But it's the longest running bash car muck around, so in the world. It's been doing the bash since 86. Yep. It's done close to 50 events. It's done events in New Zealand, every state of Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, multiple times. I don't even know how much it's raised. There's all sorts of numbers get floated around. It's possibly made the million-dollar mark. Yep. Um. Yeah, I've got a, a bonnet of showing all its early bashes from 86 up until oh, the middle 90s. It's all hand-painted, the map of Australia with the yes, route, hey. all hand-painted oh, cool. on it. Yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, and I you know, I often think now that it's becoming way too valuable to do that to the car, but it's, it's sort of that car's purpose. So Yeah, that's it. And I as long as I don't dent the quarters or the roof, um, I'm happy to keep running it as a bash car. Yeah. I couldn't it's, think of it being in better hands, to be honest, and, you know, you're sharing those bloody missions with the kids and everything as well, mate. It's fantastic. Oh, it's awesome. You know? Yeah, it's like, so much fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's the, the journey, and, you know, I've said to a few people – and, you know, being in this form, a lot of people understand Drag Challenge and I've spoke to Bruce Howie a lot and it's very similar to Drag Challenge. We, oh. It's a big group of people going on a drive. Yep. Everyone's breaking down and we're helping each other out. Uh, we've got destinations that we have to go to and get photos and, and there is a lot of similarities to that um, yeah. outside of the racing side of it. The camaraderie, um, yeah, it's awesome. And it's, you know, it's an annual event that you really look forward to. Big time. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted to do here too while everybody's celebrating EHs and their 60 years. I wanted to celebrate the quirky, the obscure ones, you know, because, yeah, they were a go-to for buddy, you know, all sorts of, you know, from rally driving to buddy drag racing to you name it. You know, I think every town Absolutely. every town had a black EH with a set of tunnel rams, you know, like yeah. Just, yeah, cars like that. So and, wheels. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And the running gear in yours, just for anyone that's curious that doesn't yeah, know the so car. It's- Oh, it's a mix of VN and VR Commodore. So the, it's a VR V6. Yep. It's fuel injector, just standard um, largely. It's got, you know, a few little things done to it. But the matching fire speed, um, then it's got the two-piece tail shaft, which keeps the tail shaft right up close to the body. So yeah. when you're off the road, you're not denting it. Yep. It's got the disc brake rear end um, out of a VL Commodore. Yep. Um you know, all reset suspension. It's got a HT front end in it, which a lot of people find very unusual. Yeah. It's all been it's all been plated and braced and whatever else for you know yeah. going pretty hard on the dirt. Yeah. Um, that gives it a, a track of over two hundred mil wider than standard, and that's why it's got quite pumped guards yeah. um, to cover the tyres. And the VL diff was a really close match, so the track. Between front and rear is really good, yep. but it, yeah, it's a hell of a lot wider than standard EH, yeah. and that makes the car on the dirt really stable. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a good I've, thing to drive. I've no yeah. doubt. Now, are we going back? We're discussing EHs, but are we going back to EJ, or is that too much for me to assume, uh, Telfo, when we talk your favourite car? Uh, my favourite car I've had? Yeah. It's one of my favourite cars. I love your car, yeah. Telf. Yeah, <laughs> Massive part of my life, and yeah, the same sort of thing. Like it's more about the, yeah, the family and friends stuff. Like you know, the family helped build the car, and then there's a bucket list yeah. item too, wasn't it, to build a car with Paul? Was it Paul Kelly? 
Or uh, was yeah, he involved? That just, that just happened by, yeah, so that happened by um, Paul's one of my uncles. Yep. Car uncles. Yep. And uh, he used to have a barbecue every Saturday morning and all these grey beards would, would come. Yeah. And I was much younger. And at the time I was out of FJs and one of the guys had a, they're always buying and selling cars, these old fellas. They had like an EJ wagon there and I I did the run to the hamburger shop or whatever for him and I went, oh, you know what? I miss this. I miss having an old car. Yep. I'll keep my eye out. And, of course, once I said that, they found one for me and <laughs> uh, got the ball rolling. Yep. Yeah, did so many, you know, not nowhere near as many miles as Yuri H has done, Brett. But <laughs> it's been to Buckled and Nell Springs and, you know, Sydney to – Queensland multiple times and when we were living in Sydney, like every Saturday night we'd pile in it and go to gigs. Yeah. With all our friends and you know, six up. Um for for a long for quite a few years. So lots of cool memories in that car for sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I know like, you know, I'm not I'm not spruiking us too hard, but I know that you listen to our episodes and yeah, you'd be noticing, you know, all those eighteen year old cars, like when you turn eighteen and you got a car and it might not be the cool car you got now, but you know, they're always favourites around those moments. You know. Yeah, that's right. So no. Fantastic. Okay. So we've got through the favourite car. Uh we're gonna go current cars. So we've got the Chev, Brett. We've got, Yeah, yeah, got, got, I've got the fifty three Bel Air. Um I've got my XR8 Ute that I've had for well since 2002. Which model's so, that, mate? Yeah. It's a BA XR8. Yep. Ute. Yep. Um, yeah, that was sort of my car to tame a ski boat with, and I still love it, and I've still got it. It <laughs> currently sits unregistered, but yeah. yeah, having two kids makes it hard to take it around in a Ute. But um, yeah, I get that. Can't bring myself to sell it. I, I talk about selling it all the time because it sort of takes up space and whatever else and should be driven. It shouldn't be sitting there, but, yeah, I don't know what to do with that car. Every now and again, I think once my girls grow up, I'm going to get it back out and polish it up and tour in it. It's a fantastic car out on the open road. It's a great car. Yep. It drive like that out on the open road. Um, yeah, plenty of power. I took it down to Herod in 2004 and they tickled it up. And yep. A bit over 300 kilowatts, which was pretty big in the day. Um, leather trim and 18 inch wheels and big brakes and hard cover, and yep. and it's still it presents very close to new still yep. 21 years later. So it's a nice thing. And obviously, the EH, and I've just got the old Navarre dual cab as a daily, yep, tows the boat and the caravan and the kids and work. And yep. yeah, uh, very cool, mate. What's in the uh Telfo stable? We uh, our current house is at the beach at Seaford in Melbourne, and everything rusts. So we yeah. figured out pretty much after one rainy season that we're not going to keep any cars here. Yep. So the EJ's with a mate just sitting there waiting to get fixed one day. I sold, had a one tonner which I've sold off. Yep. Uh, to a yeah guy from not Park Alden but up that way. He flew to Melbourne. I met him at the airport, and he drove all the way back. <laughs> That was cool. Yeah. Went to a good home. Uh, and the only old thing I currently own that's mine is I've got a 72 Triumph Tiger. Yep. Motorbike, which we love, but probably trying to move that on too soon. I've had that, oh, 15 years. Yep. And then once we get a new house, we'll be a, yeah, start looking around for a project because we miss having that car to hang out, you know, go on road trips and yeah, go to gigs with yeah, no. family mates and stuff like that. Totally. But work keeps me pretty busy, like in that. 
um, so all the cars we do at Carnage that keeps that part of my brain occupied. Like, yeah, so much budget. Oh, how much? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Oh shit, we've got a <clears throat> pink slip for this. So how are we going to get this engineered? Yeah, probably does most of the physical work, but it's all in my brain, and um, so it ticks that building a car box for me. Yep, I'm currently rolled. The Unique Cars magazine had a C10 Chev, which we're we're doing up to move on. We've had that car long, that you'd a long time, so yep. I've been doing little bits and pieces on that and enjoying that. That's a ripper car. Yeah, uh, good thing. No, good stuff. Um, mm. Let's go. It's good to hear that the intent is there to get that EJ back on the road. It's, all right. <laughs> it's um, if you just do the Simon Major thing and squint your eye, yeah, and the, you squint the back part away, the rest of it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you just got to yeah fix that back part. So you want that incident on the record, mate? You want to give us the details of the accident? Oh, it's not that exciting. I was driving to the mud run, so the mud run's really cool. Event up, up your way, actually. Yeah, it's um, about forty minutes from my place. Yeah, yeah. Really, really love the mud run and a lot of the so down here. Big L, Leon, Damien Kemp, Chris they are a good air photographer um, from all the Geelong boys. They love a big road trip, yep. and uh, they were heading up there. So I thought I'll tag along with EJ. I've done, and I, but they had, they were already. They think they'd gone somewhere else. They were already up there. They were already at Coffs Harbour or somewhere. Yep. So I finished work and left late as I do, and it started raining. But you know, I've driven that car in, in every kind of weather. It's never bothered me. Yeah. And just yeah, it conked out on the M1, um, and there's no pullover lane. It's just the lane. Yep. You know, and EJs don't have giant. Uh, Hazard lights. No, <laughs> indeed they don't. I looked at it and went, you know what? If I pop the bonnet, I can probably fix this. But it's dark. It's dark and it's, it's wet. Dark and, and it's wet. And it's, yeah. I've got to get over the other side of that fence now. So I just jumped the fence, and sure enough, boom. Yeah, yeah, collected it. So that was the end of that, and we towed it to work. Towed it back to work. Oh, There's a guy, really cool dude. Uh, I know through. To Summonats, he has a he's got a Lincoln Continental with a barra in it. George and Dad built him a yeah this fuck off barra. <laughs> he's a maniac, this dude. Lincoln in a Lincoln, <laughs> so cool dude. And he's he's in his work vehicle, which is a safety vehicle covered in lights, and he sees it. Yep, and just he knows what it is straight away, and he pulls up behind me and puts all the lights on, and so he ended up coming waiting for the tow truck, and he. Drove with me back to work because I was, I wasn't in a good state. Oh no doubt. And so he, I was really, I really appreciated that. Yeah. And then I went. Well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to sit here all weekend. Uh, so I walked the dog and uh, and then looked up flights and hopped on a, hopped on a flight to <laughs> Port Macquarie or kick off Sabre, one of those two, and they picked me up in the yeah me up in the in the uh, in the pickups and gave me a beer and away we went. Yeah, that's pretty excellent. How yeah. long ago was that, Telf? It was a long time ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, maybe five years ago. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying not to think about it, so I'd, Yeah, I've lost no, time. that's all right. Well, we'll take you past there. Let's let's move you straight to your drink. Well, you know, straight happens, to your drink. It does happen a lot, and it's given me a lot, a lot of empathy Yeah, well, when it happens to other people, that's for sure. Yeah, well, let's move you straight to your dream car, money, no object. Let's fantasize, mate, right Oof. now. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Probably... 
I'd like to build a replica of the Blue Jay FJ. Yep. Custom. So that's a real, probably the most famous 60s custom humpy. Yep. Of all time, which has disappeared. Nobody knows where it's gone. The yep. Andrews brothers built that. Yep. That's super cool car. I'd love to. Yep. I'll have to work on with some old diggers on building that. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Craig Issel actually said to me too, if you know of a story that affects a car and that car doesn't exist anymore, there's nothing to say you can't have that story for yourself. You know, like mm. as in, you know, just build that car, build that old yeah. custom that we remember like you were saying. Mm. So, no, nah, that'd be bloody great to see. You got a dream car option, Brett? Oh, so many. Yeah. I, I could not pick one. If I came into a whole heap of money, I'd, I'd be... <laughs> rocking in the corner, not knowing what to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit the same. I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in a, about a car's got to have a purpose. Yep. So, like, I'd love like a, a vintage rally style car. I'd like a custom car similar to my Chev. I like a, a, a late model, you know, supercar. Yep. Um, yep. If I had a heap of different money, I'd have a heap of different cars for different. Yeah. And if we, different events and different fields, yeah. I'd, I'd, you know, like a super tough Chrome Papa streetcar for drag challenge and, yeah. you know, lopping around on Saturday nights. Well, um, I'll, I'll even come back to you saying that, you know, favourite car and all of a sudden we're talking about your chef, you know, and I see all these posts all the time, you know, what's your favourite custom or whatever? Well, it's my car, you know, and, and it's yeah. because it's mine, you know, like – Jealousy lives down that other path too, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you sort of, you know, someone else's car is your favourite car. Well, you've got the wrong frigging car for yourself, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I was sort of talking to a kid the other day and, you know, mum's walking past. This kid would have been about six and a half and mum's like, you can ask him what the cars are. So I sort of explained to him, one's a 34 Ford Coupe, mate. You want one of them? You're probably looking at 100,000 and my old yeah. Nash wouldn't owe me 30, and I said, no one really cares. You know, if it's obscure or enough, you can buy, uh, the, the buy-in point's pretty low. And then his mum goes, oh, he's been talking Lamborghinis this week. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, you got to start somewhere, lad. And she goes, oh, and he's infatuated with Teslas. And I said, well, you need to knock that out of him or he'll never get to drive a bloody hot rod. <laughs> and just walked off, you know. <laughs> um, so... There we go. That's a good one. Now, Scotty's back because he just stepped out the door right in time for his buddy and back in for his questions. Uh, go for it, Scotty. What questions? Your question, <laughs> the Scotty drop, which is the uh, eight plus one, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right, lads. Uh, it's an easy one. Favourite TV or movie car? You first, Elf. Yeah, right. uh, obviously, the Mad Max Interceptor is the... Is the obvious one. If I could have a second one, it would be the um, one tonner from the Steve Bisley movie, uh, which I've now forgotten the name of, like a Gronk. But they made it just after Mad Max One. This I'll think of, I'll look it up in a minute. Yeah, yeah, I'll look it up now. Is that the one with the stripes on it and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Step sided was it? Yeah, Mel Gibson was in it actually. For yeah, that, yeah. They, cool. uh, there was a there, and there was one for sale going back. Oh, yeah. No. Maybe yeah, it's the car. Yeah, like, yeah, because um, Nick Corbett, local hero to me, he was going to build himself a step side, and I kind of tagged him to it, and I think he was half interested. Yeah, chain reaction. Chain reaction. That's ah, right. there we go. We got it. Yeah, Jeez, not very often I do that. You know, like come, work. <laughs> search me brain and find an answer. Again, oh, yeah. Same like, yeah, that's it. What about yourself, Brett? <laughs> It's a car that I probably wouldn't own because it's not really my style, but I love the movie and I love the car, being in the movie, smoking the bandit. 
Yeah. Um, just a cool video that I've watched so many times when I was a kid. It's fun. It's, yeah, he's up to no good in it. He's got the nice lady with him. Yeah. yeah. It's just an all-round cool movie, cool car. Got yeah. the trucks in it. I, re- yeah. I reckon the Trans Am's probably number one at the moment for votes. Yeah, it's definitely running high. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Close yeah. would be the Interceptor. Third, maybe even the DeLorean would be third. Yeah, well, I was standing next to Neil's DeLorean last night down the hamburger cart. Yeah, he's out for a drive, but he was sort of telling me about when you buy the DeLorean and you get the two uh, the two different scourer pads with it to clean it up and refinish it, but he gives it the WD wipe down every now and again, and it's really interesting. And he's got a Bricklin as well, but he was telling me there was only three cars that had the gullwing doors, and, you know, it was either a DeLorean, a Bricklin, or, or the... Uh, Mercedes, and he said the Mercedes was the one he was never going to be able to afford to buy. But this Brickland's got a Clevo and stuff in it, as per new, which is pretty cool too. But he's funny. Turns up in a bubble-flared bloody Tirana up around our little social gathering at the lake, and it's got a sunroof in it. So I start praising him straight away for its glass sunroof. Oh, I've got a few cars. And he just turns up every now and again with something different, you know, and just a good bloke and just a little social catch-up we do. So... We've got Adrian's just walked into the studio, guys. Adrian. Neil. Yeah, oh, you've been called AO, Adrian. We've, we've used all your names up to this point, so, you know. Here's the Adrian. Yeah, oh, Mr. Jordan today. Yeah, Jordan today. So. What goes on? Yeah, not much, mate. We've got three. Hey, gents. We've got three. Hey, mate. Apologies for my tardiness. <laughs> uh, got to do what you got to do. We've been going one for one through the uh, Never Late Eight Plus Two, and yeah. uh, we've just had Scotty's drop. Do you remember the one that came after that? Uh, as in? The, my new one. Oh, as a specific favourite pastime that it, we it, might not know about. Yeah, passion that we, we passion might know about. that we might not know about. That's it. Uh, so, Telfo? I'm a bit of a dancer. I do rock and dancing and uh, swing dancing. Did oh, a lot of that in Sydney. Uh, going to gigs and hanging out with people and it works in with the cars. Yep. And that's, yeah, amazing way to get to know people. And, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, one of the people I met in Sydney, you know, my close friends 10 years ago, I can dance with them, you know, even if it's been five years and it, Just, you know exactly how they move and what their special, you know, tricks are. And yep. even after all that time, it's incredible. Like so many nights uh, smashing gin and tonics and yep. Dancing away to all hours, so yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I've said before. You know, people say, I must get you really fit, and you're like, well, it does, but then you want to drink standing Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm sort of saying. Every rod run used to have a rock and roll dance, you know. It's not so much yeah. a thing as it used to be back then, but I'd have my oh, old yeah. girl and buddy old mate Gerald's missus going on the other. I'd have one on each arm, and, yeah, we got, that could be a little certificate and rock and roll dancing somewhere, but I don't think I could find those moves now. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brett? Passion outside of cars and variety bash, mate? Yeah, mate, mad water skier, barefooter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I competed barefooting and ski racing for, yeah, 10 or 12 years and loved it and still water ski as much as I can. And, yeah, about to get the boat out again now. Sun shining and, or well, not literally today, but in the next, you know, three or four weeks it will be out and, yeah, first yeah. hit the water again and start of the new season. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Because I've, mm. I've seen a lot of people sell classic cars to buy boats because, you know, boat you can take the family out and do that sort of stuff. I've seen a few blokes over the years leave the car game for the sake of the boat game. 
So yep. it's good that you can keep a toe in each camp, mate. That's pretty cool. Well, you got to work your ass off to do it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do a bit of snow skiing as well, don't you, mate? According to yeah, your I social. do love the snow skiing as well. Yeah, that sort of a little bit goes hand in hand with water skiing. It's quite, it's quite different, really. Mm. A lot of people say, "Oh, because your kids can water ski, they can snow ski," but it's very different. It's snow different. skiing, you lean forward down the hill, and water skiing, you lean back against the boat. So it's very different. But I guess you're still standing on something. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, we try and get down there for at least two weeks of the year as a holiday in the middle year, middle part of the year, school holidays. So, yeah, I do love that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And they're going fast. <laughs> so, barefoot skiing versus being on skis, what's the what's the deal there? Speed. <laughs> yeah. So, on a water – yeah, this is an interesting question because I all know how to do it and all my mates know how to do it. So, when you're talking to someone who doesn't know how to do it, you've got to go back to the start. But <laughs> I guess on a water ski, you're on a ski that's similar length to yourself and just the natural surface area. You can ski along and everything in boating is mile an hour. So, you're skiing along at about 32 to 35 mile an hour on your water ski. Yep. Um, barefoot skiing, yeah, I'm only a little size eight foot. So, you got to – just stand on those two, and it's 42 mile an hour, as quick as you can, as a normal inboard ski boat will go. And when you've just got your feet in the water, it doesn't take much to get you off. So a little <laughs> tiny ripple in the water or something can upset you, and, and you go in hard face first um, at 42 mile an hour. It's never a lot of fun, but I've been I've been footing since I was a kid, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm 50 next year, and I'm... There's no chance I'm stopping anytime soon. I still love it. Um, yeah. So barefoot is like no prep. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, you, and you've got to be well. You've got to be half mad. You've got to get up at five thirty in the morning to beat everyone else and beat the other barefooters and get out on the water and yep. have your run. And it's short and sweet, but it absolutely knocks the wind out of you. Like it, it really. It's quite physical on the body, and yeah, it's almost nothing better. Than that it is. Yep. It's the ultimate. I love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, well, yeah. rounding off with the uh, the second one of the plus two, which is uh, any words of inspiration, Telfo? Anything to follow oh. people up, mate? Oh, no, just, you know, car scene is awesome and it's uh, such a good thing to be a part of and been a part of my life for 50 years and through all the ups and downs I've had and my family have had, you know, uh, it's always something we fall back on and um, return to and... Um, yeah, been a such a good thing to be a part of, and yeah, I re- re- highly recommend it. Yep, no, I love that. I actually bumped into a um, friend of the podcast, Trisha, this morning, and we just sort of recapped the same thing. You know, being the hot rod girl and me being the hot rod boy as we were raised, but just how what a great community it is. So there might amazing. be there might be three assholes over the other side of the car park, but you don't you know you don't notice them. Because there's just, yeah. you know, and in this podcast, like I say, we haven't had to pull one episode because we've interviewed the wrong person. All we've done is interview amazing people. So, yeah. Um, Brett, you know, stuff to fire people up, mate. A few words of inspiration. Oh, geez, I don't see myself as an inspirational person. I look to others for inspo for myself. But, no, I, you know, I see inspo in, in a lot of things. And for myself, I... As far I guess inspiring my kids, I suppose. I, I remember someone telling me once about you can sit in the stands and watch the game or you have a choice and get on the field and play the game. Yep. And that's pretty much how I view life. Like I, 
you know, I can watch snow ski stuff or I can get myself down there and go snow skiing or water skiing or get to a car show. So, yeah, that's sort yeah. of been the back of my mind all the time about getting on the field and, and getting amongst it. Yeah, no, I really like that. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, Adrian, here's your chance to go fanboy, mate. You could also update us on your purchases, but um, haven't got haven't got uh, Telfo to recap his uh, street machine tenure, so you could fanboy a bit here and find out how that all happens. Oh, right. Yeah. I wasn't sure where you'd been, but yeah, no, all we've done uh, is I suppose before we dive into it. But yeah, Telfo, how did uh, how did you get involved with street machine? How long you been doing it? And um, I usually ask this question when we've got street machine related people. Yeah, and we normally <laughs> and we normally get in before the eight questions. So yeah, you know, right. I've left it for you. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm going to duck outside for a second, just water the uh, woodshed, mate. Right, eh? <laughs> I started with them in 2002, so that's, what's that, 20-odd years? Yep. Um, you get get less for murder. Um, and how did I start? I was a school teacher before that, and that was fine, and it's a, that's a good job when you're young and you've got plenty of energy. But I always thought, oh, you know, car magazines, it's, I love to work in one of those, but, you know, you probably have to be a really good mechanic and a really good driver and, mm. you know, an engineer and all this, all these things that I'm not. I started seeing jobs pop up in the paper for, like, Fast Fours and Hot Fours and Street Commodores and that. So I applied to one there and I got a job at Street Commodores and Zoom. I remember Zoom magazine. Yeah. Which Zoom was right up my alley. I love Zoom. That was probably one of my favourite mags at the time because it's all about engine conversions and weird, you know, weird uh, oddball shit. And that's where I got my start and started meeting these people. And then, and then Street Machine started advertising jobs. And uh, the first time I made the mistake of telling Craig Parker about that, so we both <laughs> we both interviewed for the same job, and he got, he got it. But that's that's fine. Like I wasn't. I really wasn't ready. And uh, a couple of years yeah. later, so, and you're like, "Holy shit!" And then you realise that uh, not you know, people who are amazingly talented with cars can't necessarily write. Like it's two different sides of the brain. Mm. And the ones that can, they're off working for McLaren or Ferrari or you know, yeah, for that supercar team. So it is actually hard to find people who can who have both sides of that brain. Yeah. Um, that's. You've got to have a way with words, you know, like uh, our good mate uh, Simo, like uh, the way he strings words together, um, even in even just in his, you know, legends of uh, of our lunchtime posts, you know, it's it it, he he can put words together, and I I certainly uh, am not that way inclined. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even his job, like you know, probably involves quite a lot of writing reports and things. Yeah, and all all those guys when we first take them on. You know, we spend a lot of time teaching them the ropes, and and you know, it some comes easy to easier to some people than others, but they all get there in the end. Yeah, and yeah, really, guys like Simon and Boris in Perth and Dave Carey in Adelaide, they're yeah, just incredible dudes with so much knowledge and so much passion for the for the sport. You know, the, yeah. th- the thing that I've also noticed, just probably branching off from our topic, just quickly, but um, and it's probably just spurred from the memory, just recently because i've just had a flick through some old magazines but the, the writing obviously there's different people over the years but if, if you go back to the 90s yep. the, the writing hasn't really like the stories don't change the way they're written that they, they don't really change very often like there, there's still a certain aspect that, that that was there then and is still there now and i think that's a that's a bit of a a testament to 
to what mm. you guys do. I think it's 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 all you get different people doing it, but it's all still very familiar. Yeah, goes through trends like when you know Ralph and FHM were always lad mags were really big. Yep, yep. The stories probably went a bit jokey, and they're probably trying to go down that. Yeah, that uh, there was a bit of that even in the early before all that. They'd always have some, you know, kind of set up some kind of joke in the start. But these days, you know, especially if you're doing a big, complicated car like Howard Astle's, you know, latest crash or whatever, mm. you haven't got time to muck around. You've no, got to that's right. Explain why that's this right. car is cool and step yeah. people through it and go. Yeah, it's a big, big responsibility to tell any any car's story. You know, do you so think you it's wanna... easier now with the likes of Howard doing his YouTube that you know a lot of people have already seen and followed the build? Do you think it, it it's? Do you think it's a bit easier? It takes a bit of pressure uh, off. Or is, is it still no, there? No, it's still a, still a big thing because it's there forever, and it's when people Google it that's yep. what's going to come up. Yep. So you want to get it right and um, and do them justice. Yeah. yeah. In like, oh, some cool. of those cars, you could we just wrote. We just sent the magazine away with that forged XY that was at yep. Matrix. So that's yep. the green one yeah. from Queensland. And <laughs> you could really write, write a whole book on that. You could write a book. I think <laughs> the only time that's ever happened was uh, Rod Hadfield's massive attack Chev with the yeah. Uh, oh, what and a car. Cruising did a whole mag. I think Cruising did a whole magazine on it. The whole yeah, I've yeah. got it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's been quite a few cars. You know, when I say quite a few, probably a dozen that you think are they deserve the same thing. You know, yeah. yeah. Something personally, I need to know when I see you just busy. Whether you're either walking around just talking into your into your phone, yep. you know, doing videos, um, things like that. Like I miss a lot of opportunities. You know, I turn up at a car show somewhere, and all of a sudden it's just a social gathering of mates. And you know, I walk away, and I'm heading home, going, "Geez, I could, you know, could have got some content there. Should have got some content there." How do you keep pushing yourself forward in that space? It's a bit different, I suppose, when it's your employment. Oh, it's. Yeah, it's definitely a job, and it's nowadays it's twenty four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like people message you, you know, yep. all the time, and all and they have tips. And have you seen this car from you know the back of Burke? And oh, there's an old digger driving around in an E E forty nine Charger that's original, but that's full of rust, and he just drives it every day and parks <laughs> outside the pub. Yeah, you know, shit, I should track him down. So it's good that way. Um, yeah, well, I did it to you. Oh, there's like a thousand, you kind of blows your mind. There's a thousand, so many stories you can tell. Like even at Summer Nats, yeah, I always come away. Mm. Oh, we could have done more. Mm. Like yeah, more stories. Or you, you get to the, you go through the photos on Monday after Summer Nats. You go, I didn't even see that car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've got twenty people there, yeah. and nobody spotted it. You go, yeah. what the hell? I think one of I mean, my highlights. Just it up and was on the piss the whole time, but what? um. I think one of my highlights in the last two years was one, the thumbnail of me standing next to you a bit sheepishly at the uh-huh. yearbook launch, but then just mentioning Burnout Pete and his old man and his XR, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm looking at the People Like Us feature and there's Pete and his old man and the lad, and I'm like, that's pretty cool, but yeah. that's a good heads up on that car. And he's a good mm-hmm. fan, and he's he's not on social media. Like, he's going, yeah. you know, those people miss their moments too at times, I think, so. Oh, there's a lot of people that aren't, that's for sure. yeah. That, that's really cool. Telf, I've got to say, I, I think you do a brilliant job in the mag. Um, right. Yeah, very, very much. So I, I think it would be so easy for the mag to fall over in the current world, um, yeah. and that would be one of the greatest shames ever. And I, yeah, I think you and the boys, a couple of the boys you mentioned, um, and Carly as well. I should not forget the girls. Um, Turn out, I think, a fantastic product, and that's why it's still alive and and hopefully is going very well as far as the bean counters are concerned. Because 
Yeah, I absolutely look forward to it. As oh, you've probably seen on some of my posts, like yeah, it's it's been a huge part for me, and and it's really it's kind of like that local newsletter that yeah. you can grab and yeah. like. There's not a month that goes by now where there's not a Never Late podcast fan or a Thumbsuppers fan that hasn't got their car in there. Look, yeah. obviously the word has gone around and. Every single month, I flick through, and that's something. One of the first things I look for. I go, oh, who's yeah, in cool. this month? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always somebody. And then you got we got we got one on the front cover this month. Yeah, then <laughs> yeah. you got Heath's Heath, car. Yeah, yeah. You got, got Heath and Jack are just shooting for the Sunday sesh as well, and like the fact yeah. that the people who are working there are so involved, you know, as well. And, yeah. yeah, no, it's yeah. cool to see someone like Jack into that. So Jack, for people listening, is our one of our young riders. He's only in his early twenties. But he loves. We got two two young guys. Ken's one. Jack's the other. Ken's more into. He loves. He's got an old patrol and he's got a S thirteen and but he's got SSU. But he's more on the sort of Jap side and the drifting. He's really into the drifting. Yeah. Whereas Jack is like uh, fully into the eighty stuff, you know, and knows who all these people are. Yeah. Amazing. Like you say, you know, you know Mark Sanders or Craig Parker, or whatever. He knows who that is. He knows who there's. You know, and he wasn't even wasn't even a glint when those cars came out. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really that, those different yeah. passions that those people have mm. make the whole magazine better. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's true. It's not a magazine full of Sylvia's or patrols, those two no. cars you mentioned, but still the input. Every now and again, I think nearly they could be included, but there still is the old person that will have a beef about it. It's certainly not yeah. me. Like, I I'm, love the diversity. No, it's I'm, brilliant. I'm on yeah, the rec- I'm on the record. I'm aiming for zero exclusion, not zero emissions. Yeah. You know, like anyone yeah. burning petrol's a friend of mine, and that we're going we're going <laughs> to we're going to get to that stage. You know, like it's, yeah. that's yeah. You know, not far down the track. And I really enjoy the way. And now with the with the shutdown of ASR, like cruising's a great magazine, and it crosses over, and I really enjoy that. But I dare say there's going to be more hot rod content turning up in Street Machine as well. Like you guys have picked up the small cars that got that lost their magazines. You know, yeah. you seem to be there to just pick up the pieces when things yeah. fall over. So, but one thing I've noticed by going back through issues of Street Machine, what's the last high end EH build we can remember? Because we haven't had one in there for a while. <sighs> Oh, like super high end. Like we had a black one last issue with, you know, tunnel ramps, small block and all that stuff. Yeah, which is what I talked about the other day. Every town had one and I love them. But I just, Adam Labreeze, the nomad. The wagon. The wagon, nomad. Oh, no. Yeah, the wagon. Um, I actually did, when, yeah, I did a top EH thing a few weeks ago online. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was fantastic. I, I forgot about some of those cars that you included mm. in there, and I was like, oh, yeah, that one. There's another one. I, I was I was amazed. So that's on witchcar.com, and somehow I missed that. Yeah. We're off witchcar now. We're just streetmachine.com.au. Oh, yeah. Right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go. Nice. Bloody hell. Look, nice. What, what anniversary are we up to? It's the 60th. 60th. Yeah, 60 years of the 60 EH. years of EH. Yeah. Yep. 63 to 65. Yeah, and again, I've – Noticed, I feel like there's an absence of EHs in the build scene at the moment, so get building. I you know think. what? HDHRs are everywhere. We were, we would have featured two HDs in 20 years. Yep. And in the last three years, we've featured heaps of HDs. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. It's funny how things cycle around, but I think, is it Rod's Customs doing a pretty sweet-looking ute? Rod's Collist. Uh, is that the one? The pretty off its head ute. Yeah, um, uh, he's, a, he's a gun. 
Yeah, that's looking pretty good. But anyway, we probably should move on with the celebration of the EH. EHs are starting to get to a point, though, where they're becoming collectible. They're not XYGT collectible, but you try and find an EH body these days. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, there's a big one went up this weekend, uh, this week. Did you see the one Daniel Cassis got for sale? I did, actually. Oh, yeah. That's a a brilliant-looking car. Yeah. grand, and it's it's like, I mean, there'd be more than 80 grand worth of work in that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then people are kind of pointing at it going, well, maybe there's 80 grand to finish it. Well, it probably is, but at the end of the day, it's a pretty high-caliber build. It's a a mountain of work no one wants to do. You Mm. know, we all want to bitch about the price of it, but, you know, no one wants to tackle it. No, it'll be it'll be a killer car for someone. So, and it's good that he can just sort of nut those out like that. It's yeah. a real shame to see a car get that far and, and pull up. It's yeah, you ho- always wonder what happened. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Hopefully that person buys it and continues on the the dream because it's a long way in. Um, I did a little bit of googling on the EH because look, to be honest, I've never had one, and I don't think any of my. I think maybe back in the day, a couple of blokes when you had one. I know one of my mates has got a wagon at the moment. He's had that for a long yeah. time. It was actually the first one with a red motor. Yep, I didn't realise that. I saw um, a purple wagon this morning, mate, in Ballarat. Purple wagon. Mm. Um, they were the first Aussie car to make a hundred horsepower. Well, there you go. Um, figures in the magazines too that I was looking at an old 65 uh, custom rotter where it's talking about alloy rocker cover EH holding alloy rocker cover because they were only in the EH at that point you know I'm mm. like they'd be smiling I'm thinking you know they were advertising red motor stuff as EH specific it's just funny you, know? you just think of a hold and you think oh yeah the gray the grays were in the FJ like the F grey motor yeah. FJ, and then everything else was red motor. You just until you actually look into it, and realise the EJ was the grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's crazy. Uh, they made two hundred and fifty six thousand nine hundred and fifty nine of them. Yep. In only eighteen months. Yeah. And my it's old, not a, it's not a bad record, is it? Like that's a lot of cars. <laughs> my old man only wants one. He just wants. He just wants. A, he, well, just there's, wants there's, he just wants a standard. There's one for sale at Fastlane, mate. I'm sure you could do something. With that. <laughs> well, we'd be selling more than the Corvair to put him in that. Um, <laughs> there's your inheritance. <laughs> what else have I got? I like it. Oh, the uh, the S4. Yep. They had to build a hundred. They made about a hundred and twenty-six, from what I'm reading. About a hundred, I think, in Sydney, and six were in Melbourne. So I've got some inside news on this as short as two days ago. Mm. One of my sponsors and local bloke here, uh, Ray Nixon, he is an absolute EH tragic. Mm. Uh, his dad's got EHs, he's got EHs. They've got panel vans and premiers and everything. And he has got involved in this EH register, which has sort of been on pen and paper for about 15 to 20 years. Yep, yep. And he's a little bit of a computer guru and he's he was just telling me on it was two nights ago he's now launched it as a shared i can't even tell you what it is some sort of platform app or something yep and there's about five people now running this um eh register yeah and or eh register and there's a facebook page dedicated to it you can enter your details on there and they'll send you a certificate of when your car was built within a few days by its body number and chassis number and they 
they're getting right into the numbers mm. like these XY guys do. Yeah. And, yeah, I, he's got some interesting information coming up about these S4s. So I won't steal his thunder just yet because they're still trying to nut it out. But yeah. they were, as far as I'm aware, they were the first factory performance car offered in Australia. And yeah, they, they had a large, larger fuel tank, different front brakes, yep. and it's something to do with the steering column. Thicker tail um, shaft. Um, yep. There was something else, uh, hardened gears or something as well. Okay. Yeah. In there as well. That's on. That was on Wikipedia. So okay. that could the be brake linings. Yeah, the front. Yeah, there was something with the front brakes. Definitely. Yeah. Wheel cylinders a little bit bigger or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I found that so he's he's working like crazy on this register cool at the project. moment. So it's going to turn out. I think he said the other day they've gone from. Roughly fifteen hundred cars to a bit over three thousand cars in about six months. That's yep. good. So he's yeah. I've sent him my information, and I've got three other mates with EJH as we've been sending our information. And yeah, it's, I'll have to get me mate on the with his wagon. Uh, yeah, so there. it's <clears throat> I can't remember the exact name on Facebook, It'd be but really, if you look up um, EJH, oh no, I, I'm all for these registers. I think they're a great idea and a great initiative because it, it like in in. It's be good to know how many of these things are left. You know, I know there's a there's a HQSS register that's um, I think a relatively local bloke Andy Lee runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other stuff, but like it's that quirky stuff, like the SS HQ, like you know, yeah, no one sort of wanted them back in the day. They all wanted the GDS, yeah. but now they're they're becoming that sort of thing. And you know, even like the the clubby that I just bought, I after research and. I just thought they made tons of them, but they only made about eleven hundred of these things. Hey, really? And yeah, um, yeah eleven hundred and seventeen uh, VR Club, Club Sport, Sport in really? sedan. Le- I feel, le- I feel like I made ten thousand of them. Yeah, I said, yeah. I, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. just and that, that's on the HSV um, website. Oh, I think there were seventy-seven oh. wagons and eleven hundred and seventeen of the VR clubbies. And you got to think, how many are left? That's a rare car. Like. Out of 1,100, there yeah. couldn't be many left. Like, you know, dickheads writing them off and yeah, no. and whatever, which it really surprised me that. I, I yeah. thought there would have been more. But yeah. anyway, I mean, I suppose the VR is probably that first of the newer shape, I suppose. After that, they probably blew up. Yeah, I didn't yeah. look at VSVT. And yeah. all that sort of well, stuff. HSV was in its infancy then, really. That's it. That's right. It's mm. one of the first yeah. of, you know, I mean, they had them I in mean, VN and VPs, but they weren't really that sort of, that really that popular, and um, I think the VR was probably the first of the good-looking ones, well, for my, uh, anyway. Best-looking HSV ever. Yeah. So um, it just, it'd be, yeah, I'm really keen to see that, that what comes of that register because I, th- I think it's good. Any history is well, good, it's, I think. It's funny, yeah. like, talking to Ray the other day, um, he's saying that it looks like the factory were building batches of about 10 or 12 by body number, so yeah. they would have prep the paint booth and run through, say, 10 or 12 Winton red ones yep. and then yeah. Fowler's Ivory. So, like, unlike today, when I went to the Ford factory in, in Geelong in about, oh, not Geelong, Broadmeadows in oh, the middle 2000s and every single car was made to order. Yep. They, they didn't make any car. So all the dealers ordered, them. you yep. know, one white one, one red one with this trim and, and every single car back then in the middle 2000s was made to a specific order. So whether it was an individual customer order or a dealer order, yep. they were all made to order. They didn't make just stock to put on the shelf. So. That's funny. I, I actually, mm. now that you mentioned that, like I started selling cars in the early 2000s and I can actually remember the dealer 
principal and the new car sales guys actually, you know, this is that Toyota of like flicking order sheets for Hiluxes and Camrys and, oh, no, we'll get get a couple of this spec and and this, which you don't sort of think. Yeah. You don't think, but it it definitely did. Even later on, like um, even Mazda, like they were building Mazda 6s and Mazda 3s and specific, you know, colours and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. When I went and bought my XR8, I – I just went to the local dealer and, and told him I wanted to order one of these utes. And I wasn't able to from a local dealer. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, I, I want this colour and this trim and can I place an order? And it was, wasn't as simple as that because each dealer was allocated so many mm. XR series cars and so yeah. many utes and so many manuals and whatever else. And yeah. I could buy it from the dealer but I couldn't order through them. I could buy it there and then had to get it shipped to my local dealer because they weren't allocated that. Yeah, yeah, right. they, they'd already spent their allocation. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So that was all weird too, yeah. yeah. Uh, I found a podcast the other day, which I hadn't seen before, which is hosted by David Brown. I think it's been around since 2016, but it was an EH episode because I just typed in EH, search yeah. podcasts. But um, it was an Alan Finlay that was racing his EH, but he even commented in there about um, someone said, what was it? Uh, David Brown, and that was the special. Now you raced an EH Holden. Was there great success with that? I wouldn't say great success. It was bog standard Holden EH 179 manual, so the large 179 cubic inch motor and manual trans. It was not the much coveted S4, hmm. which was a special Bathurst edition that Holden put together to try and win us. So there you go. Yeah. I just thought that was, yeah, just to link into your S4 comment. But We probably need to get a rundown of um, for for – if you haven't been uh, listening to any podcasts a little while, the rundown of the e-horse, the car thirty-five, mate. If, just for those that might not know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty tricked-out machine. That we one. had a little run through. Oh, it yeah, really we done, covered that earlier in the yeah. eight questions. Oh, well, but that's all right. You can cut that, Scotty. I've got, <laughs> but I've got another link, which was a bit of a ding, 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 because this HQ for you Street Machine magazine. Now, this isn't the copy that's heading around. <laughs> Uh, in promotion of the Variety Bash fundraiser. This is one rusty friend of the podcast ended up just handing me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, in this magazine, on page 114, there is a glorious EH, <laughs> which I, again, like, you know, we've had, you've had the magazine in your possession, Adrian. Yeah. Gold, yeah. When you donated, Golden Glow. Golden Glow called El Dorado. Deep dish slots. Yeah, what do I write down? Uh, it's John and Leone Tate. Pumped rear guards, gold velvet used liberally, crown four-speed, triples, eight-inch diff with nine-inch axles, big fuck-off indies and TAs, and it's <laughs> fucking cool as. Like, mm. I don't know whether you can see that right across the friggin' uh, room. I remember that one. Yeah. I do remember the car, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I know I know we've got an expert in our bloody midst that'll remember all of them and mm. you know, mention the ones I don't remember, but I just thought that was pretty cool when I pulled that out. There's plenty of EHs in those early Street Machine magazines. Yeah. There's a lot of them. And I think yeah. that's why I'm noting their absence at the moment, you know, like, yeah. again, in light of HDs and HRs. But, yeah, just not a lot. But, Any particular favourites, Brett, from back in the day that you can think of? I've had a look through a couple of old magazines. and Can I just interrupt? Oh. Sorry, Brett, I'll just interrupt. Brett, uh, Telfo sent us a link to Street Machine features EH Holden history, top 20 favourites, but... Yeah, I can't can... open it, otherwise it'll fuck with my recording software. I've got it in front of me, and it is a fantastic list. Yeah. 
So there's, well, a couple of the older ones. You asked about the older ones. A lot of people remember Legal 8. Yeah, well, I've Legal actually got that on my, on my list as number one as featured. Yeah. August, September, Super Street Magazine. Yep. So that was July, August 92 of Street Machine as well from Telps Info here that I've got online. And that car still runs around today, still competing, still looks very similar to what it did back then. Bloody it's done a beautiful lot of car. hard miles. Beautiful car. Oh, not only beautiful, it performs really, really well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at the pictures now, like the race seats. It's got, looks like it's got a, I think it's a VL steering wheel. <laughs> the Simmons, yeah. it's 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 great. I love. It. I, and I was I was talking to Moses the other day. I said, "There's there's a there's an EH with." You know, sits nice with Simmons on it somewhere, and and I need to find it. And I didn't, I didn't actually find it in Street Machine. I must have been looking at the wrong year, but I found it in Super Street. Yep. And um, oh, there it is there, on the front cover of Street Rotting. <laughs> I found, I found it in Australian Street Rotting last night. Just, I, I was blown away. I've, I've put in a few Australian Street Rotting inclusions. I've probably got about six that I've picked out of old bloody Australian Street Rottings. But so that, you're saying '92? It was in Street Machine. This is '99. For Super Street, I wonder when it was actually built. This is September, October '90. It's in this Australian street rotting. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Might have been finished around the '90s or something. Maybe. Yeah, very gonna, early gonna, '90s or late '80s. I'm going to look that up. I reckon just to see. Um, you, you just keep. Yeah. So talk, then, I'll flick through some of the standouts in the list that yep. I see, like Ben Judd's. Wagon that was Street Machine of the Year in 2017. Is that the green one or 2018. No, that's the the blue one with the oh, the big green one with the wheels, the, the really trick trim in it that the, his brother did. There's an aqua yeah. one with tub plates on it too, which I found in my session last night. Yeah, I know the wagon you're talking about, bloody ripper. Yep. yep. Oh, it's hell of a car. Yeah, Adam Labreze's. Um, oh, what do they call them? A nomad, station wagon, or station wagon the, you know, yeah, delivery, that type. Yeah, but I know the one. So it, it was an absolute brand, groundbreaking car when it came out. Um, then Graham Miller's obviously got his panel van, but he's also got that sedan that won Red Center Nats Grand Champion. Oh, uh, yes, yes. The blue one. Yep. Two beautiful cars, and he drives them too. He, yeah, he gets into them. Um, one of my favourite, actually, you asked about favourites. I walked, I walked around this car for about an hour and a half, two hours at Rose Hill a couple of years ago. Is um, Jack and Heath Madwick's silver? Yep. Maskell's built EH. That car, it, oh, it is subtle looking when you stand back and look at the car overall. When you start looking at the details of that car, it is incredible. Such a nice car. Really tasteful. Is that the one Very that's well. at the um, Shepherd and Motor Museum? I'm just trying to find it. Yeah, it's been there, yep. Yeah. yeah. I was looking around that when we were there earlier this year. Bloody brilliant car. Is this oh, amazing. So Is this the one you mentioned earlier? No, no not me. No, no. Yeah, no, that's right. I'm just looking at um, yeah, the one of John Lang with the tubbed plates um, and Australian street rotting, so I'm doing me crossovers, but uh, – I'm just looking at that silver EH now. With the, it's got the trumpets and all that on it. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. wheels. Got yeah, that. I remember. Oh, like, I, I think I spent about 20 minutes walking around that at Shepparton uh, as well. Made a bloody beautiful car. 
Oh, it's an amazing car. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I like that they've they've crossed all genres. EHs you can get standard ones and highly modified show cars and yeah. target type cars with legal eight. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. you see Kevin uh, Kevin Simpson and Phil Medlin hanging out together. Um, he's Philip's got the chopped aqua one. And Kevin's got oh, the, yeah. white, the white one yeah. in Ballarat, but yeah, he yeah. drove three hours just so they could hang out together. Um, yeah. But they were parked in the middle of an EH gathering and like virtually right near where the flags and everything were, Kevin was saying. But Kevin's, yeah. Kevin's car looks like granddad's EH with a roof chop and people keep coming up to him telling him he's destroyed a good car. And the reality <laughs> is, is that was never a good car. And I've seen the photos when he bought it back for 15 fucking dollars, you know. And so... Once they realise they're wrong, they don't then go, what an amazing job you've done of this car. Yeah. The conversation just stops there. Oh, you fucked a good yeah. car. It wasn't a good car. Here's how I bought it. And then they just go, oh, yeah, and then walk off. Yeah. Not go, yeah. wow, you've done an amazing job with this thing, you know. It's sort of, but, yeah, the fact that those boys it's got It's a sign of the times, though, isn't it? People are quick to criticise and not heap praise on people these days. That's sort of how it goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Kevin was going to try and be in the studio today, but his uh, father-in-law's in palliative care and they got a bad run down in Ocean Grove at the moment, but it would have been good to have him involved. But that car, when he had built it originally, GDS flutes in the front guards, iridescent blue, you know, just a totally different build to what he's got now. And yeah, it's an amazing car, but he shared that journey with his young bloke, Jack. Jack loves the car. Like, it's just, yeah, it's a heart warmer, that one, you know. And again, they just want to hang shit on him because he's got to chop the roof. But we had a bloke come <laughs> up to us when he was leaving car talk, and he goes, oh, you never what, guess what happened before? And I'm talking to him through the window. He said, a bloke come up and asked me if this has had a roof chop, and he's just shaking his head in disbelief, <laughs> and then... While I'm talking to him, another guy walks over, sort of bustles past me, looks straight at Kevin and goes, has this been chopped? It's <laughs> like, can't you just think shit in your head, you know? Like, yeah, so, no. That, and that's a tough mod. That's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then Especially the, on a, like a real square sort of roof, like some of those chopped, you know, sleds and all that with the slopey roof, yeah. you know, they can just sort of – Stick it on, and you know the curve will just go with the curve. But when it's yep. when it's a bit square, it makes things a bit difficult. Yeah, well, even Phil Philip Medlin um, was looking at the back of Kevin's, and they were talking about it because he's been chopped a bit more excessively in the rear. But as I said, you know, he doesn't. He likes Kevin's version better. I like the fact that they both exist. You know, that they're clearly done by different people, and yet still got the result. So, uh, yeah, that. Uh, Cool as. Tell me, uh, on that list, was Angry and Angry 2 on there? Ag- Agro so. Angry? Angry. Yeah. I, no, I don't think Grant, they are. Grant Mealing, I'm looking at uh, April, May 91, Street Machine with uh, Tough XY on the front. Uh, they're the ones with the blue stripes on them, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, I had to find these ones yeah, as well got, from yeah. the memory banks. Uh, one's like a full-on drag car and the other one's a tunnel-rammed yep. street car. And, um, yeah, mm. matching paint, they were two standout EHs for, for my uh, memories. Mm. Uh, so I saw them at a car show in the early 90s together in Liverpool. Yeah. With Craig Parker's XY there. Well, uh, it's funny. Craig Parker's XY is literally on the page before it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then there was that, that blue Monaro that had the graphics on the side of it. Yes. I think a WB Statesman front or something yep, in front of yep, it. Yep. And he's, he's young fellas at the moment. 
somewhere on social world he's looking for that car or um something to do with that car's popped up recently i thought shit i remember that car from that little car show in liverpool yeah <laughs> yeah just on the grass you know park at liverpool somewhere near the railway station they, i caught um, the train there as a kid and popped off the train right. and the car show yeah they've right. both got the fiberglass tilt fronts which is absolutely damn cool on any car i think <laughs> <laughs> yep again um, a lot of work yeah yeah. Angry too, uh, blown four hundred cubic inch, uh, and value sixty thousand dollars. Something so, else. That, so that's a lot of engine in an EH because you know Telfel knows. Being an EJ EH owner, my car I used to put in the garage at the old house with my ex-wife, and she had a Mazda three sedan, and the Mazda. Three sedan leaves the same size footprint as an EH. Yeah, they're not very big. Yeah. No, nah, they're tiny. Yeah, they're not yeah. A very for big a car. family four door car. They're small. Mazda three size. Mm. Yep. So to put a four hundred cube Chevy in it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ang- angry the uh, the more streetable version has a three fifty with pair of hollies on a weigh-in tunnel ram. Uh, value of that? Oh, it's only it just says parts only twenty five grand. So. Um, that's just I've, I've mentioned this a few times, Telfo. The uh, the old magazines had a value on their little mm. uh, their little columns. I'd I'd hate to think what uh, values might pop up in today's street machine magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we decided at some point it's rude to ask that question. Well, yeah, yeah. like tough tough X Y, tough X Y. The value of tough X Y fifty grand and four girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. He, he slaved on that car, like multiple jobs. Yep. He absolutely gave up a lot for that car. Um, in that, At a very young age. In that list, do we have Les Adams' chopped pink two-door? Is that in the... Oh, you're uh... picking all the ones I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just happened to be the ones that I found last night at about midnight while I was dragging out old magazines, so... You know, they I'll de- tell you what it proves. They definitely it's want a, it. it proves that there's a hell of a lot of lot notable EHs. Yeah, so yeah. many of them, it's crazy. Oh, Dave, yeah. Dave Curry, a local hero in Ballarat, he had a tunnel rammed at Black One, and yeah, I remember being 16 in the passenger seat of that car. That was killer. And Ray Wilson, also in Ballarat, owned that same car at one stage. But um, yeah, king of the kids, mate, just jumping in the passenger seat of that thing, cruising around town. I just had another another one. I sort of. Pick three favourites. Uh, we jumping to June 1996. It's got Eric Banner on the front cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's white XB Coupe. One of my favourite cars. It's a yeah. brilliant car and a yeah. brilliant, brilliant little documentary as well. Yeah. Uh, page, uh, what have we got? Page, page, page 66. Uh, Johnny Maslayden. Yeah, yeah. Um, Johnny, be yep. good. The purple yeah. EH Simmons again, and they, it's got that real cool nineties, you know, press shape interior. Yep. Um, what's beautiful it, car, three twenty seven. Want to turn it around, mate? Or He's out of camera. Looking to dig camera. the hue. Oh yeah, because Worm in the Road Riders, he's got a he's got a purple EH in the shed at home, pumped guards and stuff. Mm. Cool as shit. Um, Which one so day we the might way, see on the, the road? The way you and Simo can. Remember all these things. Yeah. Detail, yeah. <laughs> what wheels? How on earth do you remember all this? Do you remember a lot of stuff? <laughs> oh. well, so I've talked to this guy. Like he's pulled that motor out. He put a 
Lexus motor in it and twin turbo, and he's he just hasn't finished it. He's got a business making really trick push bike parts. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. And he's just been concentrating on that. Yeah, he's, he's a kind of mad genius dude in Canberra. So that's yep. how I remember People him. Love mad geniuses, yeah. I think. And also, I'm, I'm evidence that you know, not remembering stuff doesn't hold you back. You know, I no. don't remember as much as I bloody should, and mm. occasionally get pointed out discrepancies here and there. But we're still here, and we're still involved in doing it. Yeah. Another another little fun eh fact while we're on this topic that I, I get a smile at at least once a week is, I'm sure you see the trucks getting around your area, the Australian native landscape trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the green riding and the stripes and all that on them. Anl. So, yeah, A&L, tells all over it. So when you see those trucks, that colour combo on those trucks is from his EH back in the day. Ah. Yep. Panel van. Yep, from that panel van. So that the stripes and the green on those trucks is from his EH panel van. The Green Ant, I think. Can't remember the name of the car, yeah. but, yeah. And he drag raced it as well. He drag raced, had some big rubber on the back of it, yeah, jacked up, yeah. Yep. So he's obviously gone on to become a hell of a businessman. That is yep. a ginormous enterprise now, but mm-hmm. he's still got the car too. Yep. Yeah. Last uh, last vehicle Greg Butler was working on, um, customising pretty much was an EH. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing it for Bob Stevens. But um, I found in his di- I found a diary where he'd written an entry where he was really concerned because his skills were starting to drop away. So with mm-hmm. his health crisis and everything, and and it must have been hurting him, but. We're sitting at the buddy wake at the funeral, like um, at the pub, and one bloke pulls out his phone and starts showing me photos, and he's got like an inch gap where he's trying to put these bloody tail lights back on the car, and he's trying. I oh, know I'll bridge that with weld, and like you know things are going downhill, but he kind of knew it was. But yeah, definitely that car that they were working on. But yeah, I could just say it was sort of breaking his spirit. But you know, for a man who did a whole heap of stuff, yeah, the last car yeah. he was tooling on was an EH. So yep, yeah. There seems to be relevance everywhere. Any Definitely. other EHs to speak of? I've only got the three. I've, I've look. I've been a bit time poor. I, I only went through one bucket of magazines. There was a lot of other EHs in there, but these these ones that I've noted down are probably the. the I pick, figure that people. I figure that people that have poured their hearts into their EHs might be listening to our episode because it'll be titled EH. In. But uh, number fifty two, issue fifty two of ASR had. Uh, Dennis Twig had a 64 EH van in there that was pretty cool. Issue number 61 had a photo. Here he goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, while, you, while you're there, uh, yeah, so that was number f- issue 52. But issue 61 at the 8th Street Machine Nationals, they had a photo in there with three EHs lined up together, which was pretty cool. The John Lang tubbed 327 top loader, 411 9-inch welds, Brooklyn's blue. That's a cool car. I do like that. Um, yep. The Why Me, which was another one, had the Why Me plates on it. It's another Acquery blue one. Um, did I write it down last night? Is it, Time was stretching out. Is that the car from New Zealand? Yeah, there it is. Uh, issue 105, Custom Rotter. Uh, I didn't think it was from New Zealand. But I could be proven wrong. No, I think I'm like I'm looking back through Telt's list again. I'm thinking of that bad EH, that blue one with the oh, blown yeah. V8 hanging out the bonnet. It's a cool looking car. Yeah, Big yeah. tubs on the back. Yeah, no, we've got one oh five here. But 
And again, I really enjoy the cross the crossover between Hot Rod magazines and EH Holdens. You know, like there's so, so many have been featured. Sort of that in between era. Yeah, there we They're go. Still hot rodding them, you know. Yeah, no, def- definitely Victoria. That one, page yep. thirty-two. Uh, and I've got a photo of it from Summon at Seven. Oh yeah, that's a nice car. Yeah. Don't Can you think of one that you would have put in the list, Telf? If you could have done a longer list, is there another standout that you've got? Yeah, well, that one. Can we mention Richard Bell's car? Oh, thank you very much. Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah, is that in that list? Is it? That's it is in the list. The perfect factory style custom. It's amazing. Yep. And every yep. time, you know, every time I see that car, it looks as good as the first time I noticed it. You know, so. And it's still popping up on Facebook on the EH pages. Yeah. He's still got the car, and yeah, I, I love that that they still get about. Yeah. How so- about the EH van out of uh, the FJ Holden movie, Dead Legs is van. Ooh, I'd have to that go. That's a movie. I'd have to go back. Oh, no, to the I haven't seen it for. No, I'm not a movie person. Oh, okay. No, it's a it's a depressing look at uh, life in Liverpool in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's it's not it's it, they present it like it's um it's a nostalgia movie, but it's like oh, it's actually pretty challenging. But heaps of car shit in it. Yeah. So what's it called? F J Holden. F J Holden. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I know of it, but I don't think I've seen it since I was eighteen. Yeah, it. wow. yeah. It's cool because it's got they go to brickies and yep, yeah, all that shit. Like it's yeah, it's uh, it's a good time capsule. Yeah. yeah. So did we cut? Did we, seek out myself. I don't think I've seen it either. So tell I've written it down. Did did we cover Greg Bartlett's Why Me Pro Street EH the blue one? Nope. Uh, that was because that's I've got photos of that from Summonat Seven, which is the only Summonats I ever went to. But it's in Custom Rider One O Five. Yeah, pretty cool car though. Turquoise, tunnel rammed, and as they should be, uh, oh, sitting well. on satins. Be a cool car. To, be a cool car tomorrow. Isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, so tunnel ram and satins. You've got you've, you've you had that's where you had me. <laughs> yeah, well, look at this one. Um, page ninety four. Uh, oh, issue ninety four. Custom rotter. We got on page thirty one. Christopher Seaton three oh seven with three fifty crank, making it three thirty one cubes. Top loader, vertical gate, nine inch four elevens. <clears throat> Pulaski green, big satins, nose down and punched rear arches. Oh yeah. It's, I've nearly got to pull that one back for another look at it. <clears throat> so I did find a few. and mm. I found it, a few looking through the ones I did, but I I just wanted, as I usually do, I, I need to get it at a certain level before I'll yeah, you know, rate them. Yeah, well, that way. There's a lot of cool just normal, you know, those normal builds. Yeah, well, that wagon. are a bit out of the park. That wagon I sent off to the shelf for, you know, it's probably the same as your mate's wagon in Ballarat. Like, yeah. It's not much more than that car, yeah. but it's still cool. So. I'm looking at that Bill Stonebridge's EH oh, yeah. that 85, August, September 85. Most customs are sort of got no horsepower or low horsepower, yeah. stock drive trains and everything. Yeah. This is such a cool custom that it's really uh, muscle custom. I, I, is that a word? I don't know. I'm making it up as I I'm think talking it, to you. I think it's it's a, custom, but it's so tough. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's a new genre. We only touched on it a couple of episodes back, I reckon, that, you know, traditionally built customs, but then with blown engines and things like that yeah. that, that weren't really a thing, but it's starting to come in now, you know, one well, car. the double-stacked headlights, and it's really squared, an already square car up, and it, it just looks tough with a letterbox scoop and yeah. smoke hanging out of the tyres. It, it's a great photo. I love it. Yeah, did you see the, was it a 59 or a 60? 
lowrider on Cletus's channel, and it's do it's in the burnout comp, and it's doing three. Yeah. <laughs> it's got three <laughs> wheels touching down, but you know, big horsepower lowrider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a cool genre. <laughs> so I think we've sort of um, definitely covered EHs pretty well in depth. Did you have anything to add to general business, mate, when you weren't here for the kickoff? Because I push, I plugged our Instacar um, show again, and just. No, not really. No, no. that's all right. That's no, all just right. Oh, I just had a note on the car update that I've been working on this fucking Jeep and um, bought a clubby that's sitting at my mate's shed till I get this Jeep out of the way. And Can I get you to recap your thoughts on the takeover episode? I might have spoken out oh, a bit about it. Oh, the takeover episode. I actually really enjoyed it. Well, we mentioned you got hit in the feels and that maybe there was a you know, potential that we were wrapping up and then all of a sudden, you know. Well, yeah, I was sort of ready to sort of, Oh, well, it's probably no secret now, but I was ready to sort of just walk away. I've just had a bit time poor and not yeah. enough time to sort of focus on it. But And I think it also and, it, uh, show, it shows the sacrifice, though. As I say, it costs us money. It doesn't make us money, yeah. you know, and when you've got kids' activities and stuff. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, some- sort of listening to back to what we've done and sort of, yeah, maybe we could just keep it going and maybe wind it back a little bit. So yeah, more yeah. to come on the new on the new format. Yeah, so. no, that's what I've said. So, therefore, you know, to be sitting here with Telfo, to be sitting here with Brett Abrams, mm. who we've sort of shouted out the car 35 right from the kickoff. And, you know, it just, yeah, it feels like a nice bookend for phase two. Yeah. yeah. No, the, yeah, the takeover <laughs> thing was good and well played, Scotty. Um, I believe it was done the Friday oh, before we Before were in the we studio. even went in. So he had to bite his tongue all bloody morning, all day when we were in here. <laughs> Man, what a secret to keep. Who's, whose idea was it? I can't say because I don't want to get anyone in trouble because you're all a bit shitty about it. No, to, to begin with. No, I've, I've, I wasn't. no, you go back and listen to all the right. start of this episode. Oh, keep them guessing, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know who yeah. put the most it, work in. No, I'll tell you what, it was a group effort. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 No, we don't do Well, it. I just, I, I, like I said to the beard over here, if Scotty had had the uh, the sign in to Fireside uploaded. None of us would have fucking known. <laughs> we would have been woken up. <laughs> oh, and then and then old mate's phone call might have been real fucking dark. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was a good. It was a good thing. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no. um, I just wanted to know what to tell fucking Daryl from Truck Spotting Ararat. Uh, you know, because I thought if he wants, I mean, if. If I knew I was going to be in a podcast, I'd be up at six o'clock in the morning looking for me episode. And again, when he was kind of denied by the certain magazine that was going to write a story about him, I thought that's a bad one for a backup, you know. So, but once I sorted that out, yeah, love that yeah, episode. No, it was it was worth a listen. No other general business. I'm I'm sort of looking forward to getting the clubby home, and I've got a vision in my head of what it's going to look like. Hopefully, when it comes out, and well, I'll probably get it, you know, put it on club plates and that first, and then. Um, Yep. I can um, start tinkering and putting, a, putting my little spin on it. So Very cool. Well, it wouldn't be a podcast episode without us launching that buddy next roof, hey, Scotty? Apologies to Telephone Brett because of the setup with the Zencaster issue at the start. You may not hear this. Music chart. Their Music faces chat. say they didn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I heard it. Oh, they heard it. Oh, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah, They've just heard it that many times now. It's starting to lose its effect. That's a bonus. I like that. We might, have to, might have to change it up. <laughs> yeah, remix. Uh, gents, what are you? Well, what's uh, what's on your playlist or Spotify? Um, <laughs> anything in particular at the moment, or anything in general that you like to listen to <laughs> when you're cruising around, or? I've got a confession. I downloaded Spotify last week for oh. the first time 
How easy is it? (laughs) Well, it is easy, but look, I'm time poor. I'm so busy with what I do and I just don't find the time for it and I hate paying subscription fees. Like, oh, dear. I've got a bit of – anyway. You can get it for free, but you can't skip and you've got to listen to ads. That's right, and I did know that, but I still haven't done it. But I was out, I've updated the caravan, and I was out there cleaning that the other day, and I had the radio on, and my daughter came out, and she, normally in the car, we just use YouTube, and they, I'd pass the phone to them, and they just search songs as we're driving along and, and do it via that way. Yep. Um, but I found some of the film clips aren't sort of appropriate for my no, kids. No. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone to Spotify because of that reason. So I yeah, had the, the Milwaukee radio out there and she was on Spotify and she was piecing together a playlist with a lot of the songs that we put together often on the YouTube. Yep. So, yeah, without the film clips. So it's been good. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. No, that's fair really enough. cool. Delfo, anything in particular? Obviously, uh, probably I'm getting a... Rock and roll vibe. If you do a bit of rock and roll, yeah, dancing. no, like in the gym, it's mostly metal sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah the gym is very metal. I love Kingers and the Lizard Wizard. Like they're our young guys, not yeah. young, they're not, not quite so young now. I think they're from Geelong. That have just taken over the world. So smash them. They're all a different like, sort of a thing, aren't they? They released like three <laughs> and albums have, in in a year or something. Are they just yeah. ridiculous output? And forty or something albums. Yeah, two all over the world. Yeah. Just incredibly. Yeah, it's good stuff to pump on to. What sort of metal are you listening to in the gym, mate? Oh, the well, the guy that runs our gym is—he's actually in a band. He's playing tonight uh, in <laughs> Brisbane called "I Spit on Your Gravy." Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah, I've heard very of them. Big band from uh, the late eighties in Melbourne. Yeah, and he's—he's he's obviously very fit. The rest of them aren't quite so fit. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've been playing around the last few weeks and um, absolutely tearing the joint up. So that's cool. But yeah, he loves his. You know, metal and new metal and stuff. So he cranks that in the gym a lot. Yeah, but I try and get my more you know motorhead and all that uh, old school shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm not just podcasts. I'm probably in the car. I'm, I probably smash podcasts more than music. Me, any, me too any, nowadays. Any new podcasts you'd recommend, mate? Oh, there's some really good Melbourne comedy ones. Just for light, um, just to. Just for entertainment's sake, there's a young three young kids that do a thing called Do Go On, and they just crap on, and they're just incredible. They're all comedians, yeah, and I uh, love them. But I love um, the American. Uh, what is he? He's like the Drag Week NHRA commentator, Brian Lyons. Yep. He has a podcast called Dorkomotive. Yep. He is the most amazing historian for car shit and drag racing shit, and any he, he is unbelievable. The meticulous research he does. So each episode's a different race. So we'll go back. Like it was, there was a Le Mans where they had some horrible accident and they killed hundreds of people. He's done one of those. He's done an incredible one on this uh, New York or New Jersey gangster guy. Like he was the, an assassin who decided he wanted to go uh, funny car racing. Mm. And it's this whole story how this guy like stole some other dude's funny car and then just painted it and turned up at the natural. <laughs> I'm gonna to have to look up. Do you know the name of this podcast? Dorkomotive. It's incredible. Yeah, like he's such an amazing public speaker and um, amazing historian. He's an absolute. I love to do the Australian version, or you know, yeah, go on, go on. help out, help make that happen. That'd be and cool. And I love um, speaking of smoking the bandit. Uh, what's it called? Whatever the smoking the bandit podcast is called. 
Oh, didn't know there was one. It's very funny. There's a, a, a couple of guys in the states have done this very long running. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Freiburg is offside. On what's his name? Finnegan. Finnegan did it for a long time with this dude. Yeah, and they just go through literally every episode and K- just talk shit. And then they've Kibbe, got a guy there, Kibby and Friends. Yeah, Kibby and Friends. Kibby and Friends. Yeah. It's a crack up, and he gets the actors on, and he gets all the guys that know of the actual screen cars and they collect the screen cars or worked yeah, on right. them, worked on the movies. Yeah. And that's very, very good too. They're yeah. probably my two favourite automotive podcasts apart from this one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right answer. <laughs> Appreciate, it. Appreciate it, mate. We'll, uh, we'll direct deposit that. I've got back onto past, ga- um, past gas too, which is the Donut Media Boys, you know, just sort of because I remember driving up to Orange at one stage and just kept that rolling. But, you know, like even to go back and just have episodes you've heard before, there's a lot of good content in there too. So, and Overdrive now is going to be my new one with David Brown. Yeah, okay. Well, I've been doing it since 2016. There's a shitload of episodes I've never heard. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Brett, um, podcasts in particular, mate? Mate, I, I'm thin on the podcast these days. I used, I've got an hour trip either way to and from work, and I used to listen, you know, have an hour's worth each way. Yeah. Um, but I'm in a car crew now, and, yeah, we sort of chat instead and yeah. don't do podcasts much anymore, so... I do listen to them sometimes when I'm out in the shed, um, but yeah, it's it's few and far between. I do if I like you guys post up a fair bit on the Insta, and if there's something that catches my eye there, I do make a point of definitely going and listen to the never late ones to yeah. catch up on the latest. And every now and again, I think, shit, I've missed that for a while. I need to go back and listen to a couple more episodes that I've missed. So yeah, yeah. I do do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, sort of just do a bit of the radio, I suppose, when I'm at work. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, Scotty. Yes, mate. Punk band Soft Play, formerly Slaves. You heard of them? No. No. Well, um, American. Yeah, yeah, American. Um, but actually, no. Sorry, Pommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, I've got a new. What are, oh, they're they're the current band. Yeah, yeah, but current, but they've been around for a while. Twenty sixteen or something. But um, they got a new song called Punk's Dead. So under the. Oh, you posted that in the group chat the other yeah, day. Yeah, that one. I didn't listen to it. I apologise. No, but. we'll see. I didn't realise even until, like, having a bit of a read about it today, but it's Robbie Williams who sings in there, I love you, but I disagree. This is bullshit. And I just wanted you to know, snowflake, snowflake, cherries on your <laughs> cherries on the woke cake, but I'll still see you at your show. Um, so, yeah, Robbie Williams is a fan, apparently, of soft play. Okay. And so went and sang on one of their songs, but it's a cool song. So the song uh, Punk's Dead is an absolute ripper. Yep. So I'm going to be adding that in there. All right. Can I recap a little bit of 1963? If you are Seeing that we're celebrating the EH birthday, this is something Simo might have bloody done in an episode gonna, at some yeah, point. I was actually going to look <coughs> up the, uh, the the top 10 for 63, but yeah, I didn't get around to it. This so. isn't necessarily a top 10, but in August 1, Arthur Ashey became the first African-American tennis player to be named in the U.S. Davis Cup team. That was 63. Uh, Warner Brothers Records released the single of Alan Sherman's novelty song, Hello, Mata. Hello, <laughs> Father. <laughs> so that was in August 63. Uh, what else have we got? Craig Breedlove sets the world land speed record of 407.477 mile an hour in spirit. Jeez, that's fast. Of America at the Bonneville Salt Flats. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, what else have I got? Louie, Louie. 
there was released. August oh, 8th. Yeah, cool. And August 8th was also a great train robbery in England. Uh, what else have I got? Uh, here we go. James Meredith on August 18 became the first black graduate from the University of Mississippi. Yeah. And I reckon I found, yeah, here we go. Paul McCartney is fined 31 pounds and given a one-year suspended license for speeding <laughs> on this day in 63. Imagine if your priors came uh, up what's, what's 50 he, years, what's 60 years after was that, the event. Was that before the crash or well, after the crash? It doesn't say. Was that, so that would be the original Paul McCartney, not the... Fake one no, they got no. now. <laughs> <laughs> what was he driving? Uh, what's it? What? Let's Doesn't do some theory. Say. Yeah, but what? What's he driving in '63? What's Paul McCartney driving? Probably in, a mini. You reckon a mini? I was just yeah. about to say something along those a lines. A mini? You know, you wouldn't have him in a Lotus in '63. Don't know. I, I don't know. Well, he's... Minis were pretty cool in that scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah. Well, that's what killed Mark Boland, didn't it? T Rex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in uh, yeah, you're probably you're probably on there, I reckon, or a jag, maybe a jag. Ooh, yeah, and you know, August twenty eighth, Martin Luther King delivers his "I Have a Dream" speech. No, oh, it's a big year. Yeah, big year and big month. That's all in August mm. of that year. So, pretty much when the uh, EH was coming out. Oh, well, there you go. It was all go. happening. It was all happening for sure. Um. Music for me, uh, it was funny you mentioned the metal at the gym, Telfo. I just recently joined a, a new new gym, um, mm. and it's one of these gyms that just has music constantly going, and it's, you know, doof, doof, whatever. Yep. So in with the earbuds and, um, you know, I'm just walking around lifting weights and I've got malevolence <laughs> blaring, <laughs> blaring in my ears. <laughs> and I, in, I find myself sitting in between sets going, <laughs> like this, I got to stop for, doing. For no, AO was just air drumming. He was, yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. But, um, no, anyway, but uh, mainly, uh, uh, this this particular week, I've I've revisited Birds of Tokyo, and I've I've actually been flogging my personal favourite album of theirs called Universes. Came out in two thousand and eight, and I'd I for me, it's Birds of Tokyo's very very best ever work. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Band um, Carnival, did you get into Carnival yeah, as well? Carnival. You know, there's a bit of a similarity there. Bit, a bit heavier, but uh, TV. I've been watching Winning Time season two. The the uh, it's on binge. The story of the LA Lakers, how they become Showtime. Yeah. If anyone's into basketball history, that's worth a look. Really good. And YouTube, Pack Shop Boys, and and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Million Dollar Bogan's got a new series out. He went to Sturgis, which is pretty cool. Sturgis has always been on a bucket list thing. Well, but, um, uh, but, yeah, that's about uh, it for me. Uh, Dale Clay was saying, I reckon, in the Takeover episode that he'd been listening to some Marilyn Manson, saying mm-hmm. how it's good drive music. Yeah, I went back and reconnected with Power Man 5000, and it seems I've missed a, missed a few releases of theirs too since I've turned me back. Yeah, I, I was never really a fan. To yeah, be no, beautiful people was uh, wasn't a bad tune, but I saw him do his thing at the big day out, you know, ripping the Bible and doing whatever. It's like, yeah, man, I've seen it. I can say I was there, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, reckon, I was there, man. I think, yeah. I think we mentioned in the takeover episode how maggoted he was one Soundwave festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've definitely made that made the cut. Yeah, I don't know. I just never got. I never got that. No, I went Power Man 5000. I wasn't really a Marilyn Manson mm. fan. Didn't mind the beautiful people thing, but um, when worlds collide, Power Man 5000. Don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that in our playlist. I just liked all the all the 
stories and theories of Marilyn Manson back in the day that he was yeah, the bloke out of the one the years, years. And, and he got you know, what was the other one? He got ribs removed so he could get suck his own suck dick. dick. <laughs> like, you got to wonder who starts this shit, you know? I, I reckon he does. <laughs> he probably did. I was about to say yeah. the Wonder Years thing. Kind of, you know, you look at the pictures; it's it's kind of yeah. half plausible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah anyway. nah, very cool. Yeah. Nothing else to discuss. No, nothing. probably a podcast. Yeah, no, have these boys on the on the line to. Long enough. Yeah, no, Telfo's been pretty relaxed with it all. He's just kicking back in the chair when he needs to. It's all good, you know. Uh, oh, hang on. We've got to ask the questions. Oh, yes, Scotty's, oh. Scotty's other questions. Oh, really? All right, boys. Oh, don't give me. You, you can answer answer at the same time if you like. Um, First in. <laughs> <laughs> um, applause. We're going using an applause meter this time. So Nickelback, oh. yes or no? No. No. That's a hard no. It was a hard no from Telfo. Straight away. Okay. I was trying to brush aside public opinion versus my own opinion, but no, I'm running with public opinion on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, your mics have been muted for a while. I didn't didn't catch that. (laughs) All right. Okay. We'll try Oasis then. Oh, one or two. One or two. I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a point five. Kind of like their pers- their uh, the image they projected personally was so douchebaggy that it kind of overtook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very uh, true. Yeah. And that that's that's my argument. Like you can say what you like about the brothers as being dicks, but their music's pretty good. Yeah, now. look, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm coming around on that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when they when they reform, look, mate, I'm when coming they come around to Melbourne, on... I'll, I'll buy you a ticket. We'll go. I'm coming around on Oasis, but you're not coming around on Nickelback, so it's a bit unfair. <laughs> I love Dar- I love Daryl's version. Maybe <laughs> yeah, 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 I, was, I, was I said maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Last, lastly, the two parter. First off, Foo Fighters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not particularly. I prefer his uh, stuff he did with Lemmy. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yep. So the Dave Dave Grohl. This is the second part. Dave Grohl, top bloke. Yeah. Yeah, he's a top bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Brett. In Nirvana, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 As a saint, yes. A, go- a god. The god among men. I know he's a god, but he seems like a bloke you'd have a beer with, that's for sure. Yeah, I think so. Whether or not he's the devil. There you go. And I'm, I'm assuming you asked your, your movie car question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. I'll, yeah. I'll look forward to hearing you to, the answers. Oh, you don't yeah. want to? Don't no, try no, and no, guess. I'll, I'll wait. I'll right. wait. Yeah, I'll no, wait. very cool. Yeah. No, that's about it. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks very Lance. much, gents. And again, apologies. I was uh, I was late, but, you know, no, shit happens. No, really. No, all good. And it was a surprise that Telf was on as well. I wasn't yeah. aware that was oh, happening. There you go. So, yeah. so if anyone wants to tip a bit of money into a variety bash car, look up Car35. Brett yeah, Abraham. so Brett underscore Car835 on Insta is where I do a lot of my variety stuff. Um yeah, anything is appreciated and welcome, and yeah, we'll definitely plug you as you've all seen on the Insta if you're on there. And yep, yeah, and you get to hold on to that bloody HQ for you street machine if you're very fortunate enough to get. Do we know where that way. is, mate? Do we? We've got an yeah, update. Yeah, it's where not far actually. It's just over at Raymond Terrace with Birdman at the moment. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I do need to get in contact with him again and get that shifted. So, well, actually, there's another one too. This is a really good opportunity to mention it. But do you remember me? Throwing that uh, one ho yeah. to go magazine into the uh, equation as well. Mate, I thought that was like such a well thought out 
um, I guess, addition to what we were already doing. It was another Just to spread it a bit more, it could be going a different path to that mag. And, and it made one journey and then vanished. <laughs> vanished into oh, the really? ether. It's gone. Oh, yeah. It's got Custom Cars Oz sticker inside the front cover. Like, I donated it on behalf of Custom Cars Oz and it vanished after and, and one mission. Coincidentally, both magazines went missing at the same time. Yeah. And it was a couple of months later that the HQFU one turned up. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember who had it, and I don't want to name him. I don't need to name him anyway. But they, yeah. they, from what they made out, that they were in a um, unit complex, yep, and where they have individual mailboxes. But then there was like a pile of mail on the ground, yep. and he ended up finding it on the pile of mail on the ground. He sat there <laughs> yeah, the whole okay. time. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's good that it it's in circulation. Yeah, maybe holding owners are just a bit more honest. The How long has lovers that been just going leave for, that one it? and someone snag the Ford one. It's been, <laughs> oh, it's been going, going for, for a good couple of years, yeah? When did we yeah, go and get it off the phone? Before we had a podcast. Yeah, it was well before we had a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the kickoff when we did that little video mm. in, the, in Donnie the HQ and thought, hang on, we could do And something. this is one of the awesome things that's, you know, spawned from the thong slappers is – I never for a moment would have thought that anyone would have been talking about some EH bash car that I drive around on dirt roads in the car scene world as such. Like I always thought it was a bit of a closed sort of group. But yeah. and, and there's some people that still turn their nose up to it, don't get me wrong, but the amount of people that I've met just on Insta, like you got all three yeah. of you guys that I'm looking at here, yeah. um, is basically from the bash car, but I'm also a car person in the background as well. Yeah. I've got other cars that I've yeah. had and but I think it all um, I think it all transcends what that particular car is, you know. It's about people, you know. And, yeah. And I yeah. find that all the time with my dirty old Nash in a world of five hundred thousand dollar cars. People have you know, people have got as much time for me as they have for their mate who's got the other Monaro, you know, like it yeah. just seems like it's yeah. the quality of people. And, you know, if you I don't know, you could be doing a posty bike blast across the desert, you're still a good person. We know that. We've, yeah. we've learnt that on the way through. We'd be watching you, you know. So yeah, and, and I think And I think I think um Redman and Simo have really brought back well, to me anyway, that street cars and street level cars that people on normal wages can afford. Mm. Yep. Um it's brought them back to being really, really cool for me. And like, there's still a place for them. Yeah, it doesn't have to be top 60 at some nuts or nothing. Yeah. And I, I was kind of in that mind at one stage where, you know, maybe 20 or 15 years ago I sort of thought, well, I'm, I can't ever afford it or have, don't have the skill to build a car that level and kind of slightly lost the love for the car that I had in the shed because I didn't think it was cool enough where now mm. I've got two cars with plenty of bruises on them and they're as cool as ever to me. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. It. that's what it's all about. Yeah, look at Barney and Valerie. Mm. Yeah, Barney's Valley. Well, that's like, now I his love it. Every car, time isn't he, it? Yeah, it's unreal. He won't get in that Commodore. <laughs> yeah. He's constantly but out I, in the I old I think battle. it harks back to, you know, proper car people. You know, proper car people are going to like a car, whether it's a million-dollar car, whether it's a 30000 or whether it's a $10,000 car. If it, if, it's, if it looks cool to those people... They'll appreciate it and, yeah. yep. and, and you know, they'll enjoy a chat and, you know, the amount and of- even like earlier, was it this year? Yeah, earlier this year in March, we've got a local show, which a lot, a lot of people have heard about, the Curry um, Nostalgia Festival. Hmm. And I took both cars out. I roped my sister into driving the EH out and I took the Chev out. Yep. And over COVID and then it rained last year, Curry's been, it's only just, 15 k's up the road for me, and I love the event, 
and rock and roll dancing is huge there, too. Mm. Um, but getting to that event has been a hassle over the last few years, and I took both cars this year, turn up. It's largely an American-based car show, and next minute they're calling out a 53 Chev to win Best American at this show, mm. and I'm thinking – my car's the only best American car here. And like I said, it's far from restored. It's largely a standard car with a lot of accessories on it. Yeah. There's some stunning cars there. But it looks cool. And they've awarded, awarded me the trophy, and I felt guilty going up on the stage to grab it. And then the judges, there was a judging panel of about four or five people, and they were just car enthusiasts. It wasn't Owen Webb and his team. Yeah. And I said to this guy, I said, how on earth did you pick my car out? Like I said, there is some big, stunning cars here. And he said, it's as simple as most of them are restored with chrome wheels on it. And he said, your car just do so much style that we loved it. We just loved it. It's sure it's got marks and bruises. And I actually drove across a heap of roadworks to get there. I had literally mud on the side of the car. <laughs> I only light them out. And here they are giving me a trophy for Best American. And, awesome. Yep. And it, yeah, it, 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 to me, I feel, whether it's just personal, um, but there's a shift back to, yeah, you don't need to spend the big dollars to have the nah. best at whatever you're doing. Just enjoy what you've got, yeah, yeah. get it out and use it and have That's fun it. with it. Yeah. This exactly. even harks back to a bit of what Simo you know, has talked about too, but cars in, in work car parks on a Monday morning with primer patches on them because we spent the work, weekend working on the daily to get mm. it out, you know, yep. to try and get back to work on Monday. Well, that yep. bloke's probably, you know, you're probably better off to know that bloke than the guy who just went and bought that shiny piece of shit it's parked next to, you know. Mm. Like, it's yeah. Gonna, yeah, and... You know, it seems like we're all a bit spoilt now if you can be building one car and driving another, you know. But, mm. yeah, it's good to get back to those bloody traditional roots of it all. Uh, it's a good yeah. community, and I think it's um, – I think with the younger generations coming oh. through, I think I think we're in a good spot. Kids want hot rods. I think we're in a good spot. I did it seven times last week. Guys- I was driving around the lake, and I'd stop by some little kid walking with the parents and go, you're going to need a hot rod, mate. And the parents are like, oh, friggin' tell me about it. You know, but that's <laughs> just – yeah, no, we're in good hands. And all you guys here on the screen are, are driving that. Like Telf drives it with his profession, and you guys, um, all three, you Scotty and Ao and yourself, Moses, so you, you guys are driving this passion and getting people talking more. Which, you know, I know I'm sharing parts with other people, and yeah. you know, if I see something in Victoria now, I don't have to hesitate. I know I can buy it on marketplace because somebody yeah. bugger's going to help me get it home, and, yeah. and I didn't have that before, so yeah. it's good that all this stuff keeps going on. Yeah. 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 What Simon, what, Simon say that I taught him fucking the, the meaning of grace, but I didn't only give him the word. He was already acting that way, you mm. know, but mm. no, it's just, you know, just to minimise our bloody bad impacts on people. It's a good thing. No, yeah, good. for sure. Yeah, all right, no, gents, I really it. appreciate your time on this Saturday afternoon. Pleasure. Was awesome. Yeah, no, so thanks right. heaps for getting involved, Telf and Brett, brother Abraham. <laughs> trying to remember, we were trying to remember the tenuous link between uh, Abraham and Moses. Were they brothers? Yeah. Were they brothers or workmates? Oh, <laughs> look, I don't know. I think they're yeah. both prophets. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Both, yeah. both prophets. That's <laughs> yeah, non non for profits. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Go and enjoy, enjoy the sunshine, guys. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks. Oh, I've got to go back to bed. Oh, yeah, you're oh, going back to bed. Yeah, yeah, I've well. got to work tonight and tomorrow yeah. night. So yeah. I've got two more night shifts to go. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you making the time, mate. Absolutely. No, no worries. Thanks for the invite, boys. I really appreciate it. I'll talk about EHs forever. Shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, Happy birthday, yeah. Mr. EH. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Don't get off mic. Oh, we're doing another Frankie story.
How are you? Hoi, hoi. I told the boys. I told the, I told the boys I was calling Frankie. Uh, <laughs> Frankie, <laughs> but it's not. But it's not Frank, is it? Who is it? It's Junior Frank. Junior Frank. Oh, look out! <laughs> you got my, a bit. Got a bit of a reunion going on. Freaking with you. hell! In a world where you can't recognise voices, I swear you're my old boss. <laughs> yeah, you'd be right about that, mate. <laughs> there you go, Wade. Yeah, good, good. How are you boys going? All right. How's weather? Uh, yeah, pretty hot. Yeah. Nice. Yes, lovely. I'm fighting wildlife at the minute. I'm going to go wrestle a goanna soon. Oh, yeah. That sounds all right. Life he's, on the Sunshine Coast. He's, uh, he's decided to move into the chicken house and steal the chicken's eggs. So right. uh, we've got to get hold of him. Not ideal. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, before we before we talk about the Tirana, the two-door hatchback Tirana, <laughs> I've got a burning question that's been driving me nuts for ages. I don't know what this question is. Uh, here we go. So, <laughs> so Mr. Chris Kelly, yes. I need to know, where did the Moses fill me crack bum come in? <laughs> <laughs> who, named you, who named you this? I want to know the backstory. Oh, well, I can give you the backstory. I reckon it's in the podcast yeah. somewhere, but... Later oh, years, really, yeah. Later years, I went out to uni grain. I was working out at the grain mill on night shift. And yeah, yep. Just one bloke on night shift and a shitload of cleaning to try and get the joint looking reasonable for day shift. So I'd yeah. walk, I walked out one morning and someone had written Moses on the back window of me ED Fairmont in the fucking dust. <laughs> and I'm like, who the fuck's this Moses been writing on me car? And they go, that's you, man. Has been since you started because I had more hair and more fucking beard, but I'd be walking out just, oh, fucking, just right. white covered in dust. And my, yeah, my little, right. and my little darling daughter, Toby, whenever I was at the mates' places and that, and we'd go, oh, I might make a move anyway, and I'd look over at little two-and-a-half-year-old Tobes and I'm like, oh, we're out of here. You coming, McCready? She's like, yeah, you know, calling your gorgeous little daughter McCready, like some kind of redneck fucking name. So, yeah, that's where the old Moses McCready uh, kind of came from. Right. Even got a middle I was initial. Wondering. Even got a middle initial B because I thought if I ever had a son, I wanted to name him Baxter. So I, uh, right, I, I thought. Yeah. I thought you know a man of your talents and. But not you'd performed a fucking miracle. <laughs> so. I'm waiting for the no, I'm waiting for the boat race, or for fucking Noah to jump on the boat, and I'll just part that fucking yeah. order and run past him. But you know, I thought somewhere along the line, I'll Chris Kelly's performed a miracle on someone, or did something miracle. Yeah, well, you'd nearly so, be, you'd nearly be me Noah too, because I remember us having late night chats where you know, what would you be if you weren't doing this? I've always wanted to be a pirate. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad when your boss true. when your boss shares the fucking realities of life, and yeah, I always wanted to be a yeah. pirate. Like, just got a bite. Well, I, I went and did be a pirate, really. Yeah, I know. know. And I remember your sister coming in to shoot a little video to send up to you, and I made myself a parrot right. out of fucking shrink wrap and had it on my shoulder and made myself an eye patch ready to come Still up. Still got join. that video somewhere. <laughs> I've never seen this. I didn't even know about it after. It was a Christmas video. Yeah. Yes, you did, because you asked me what on the Christmas video. You said, what are you having for lunch, Wade? Japanese? And then pissed yourself laughing. <laughs> I know. I yeah, don't, yeah I don't, so she must have done the workplace check in as well as you know a bit of family yeah. check in. But yeah, you probably no, wear yes. it in Japanese though. 
girls have kept Anyways, food. <laughs> this, this is getting off the this is getting off the, the uh, mark of um, hot about, rods. Anyway, you blokes talking about oh, we, we're random at times. You know, I think it's your brother's fault. Yeah, yeah we, right. We, we talk shit. <laughs> so we got, um, so we're talking tyrannas as well, are we? So, yeah, I had a. I don't know if you remember Chris. It might have been a bit before your time. I thought it was an LT or something. LX. Two-door. LX. Maybe LX. Two-door hatchback. Yeah, yeah. it was two-door hatchback, but it was the one that you could get the tent when the you hat popped yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yep, you could get the tent for it. But I looked and looked around, but this was predating Google or Facebook Marketplace or any of that. Yep. So I never found one. Yeah, well, if you get the latest anyway. street machine, you'll see Heath Vanderwerden's hatchback on there, and he's got a hatch hutch and sleeps in the back of that. Yeah, hatchback. but I still remember. So, I still remember your Ute when you got the Ute. Like, did you have the hatchback before the Ute, the Commodore? Yeah, hatch- just before the Ute. Yeah, hatch- hatchback was the first car. I remember just looking at yeah. that Commodore Ute and not realizing that they come with a column shift and rubber floor mats and you know like it's, Yeah, that was bench seat three on yeah. Yeah, bench seat, seat column shift, shift, fucking rubber floor mats. I thought, geez, it's a fucking Commodore, not a WB. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that was cool. That was a cool car. Yeah, no, that's anyway. it. Anyway. Yeah. Well I, thanks. I was struggling to hold on to a fucking license when I was working under you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, <laughs> yeah, back in that era. Didn't you have a beetle or something at that time? Well, your old man had a beetle. Uh, yeah, old man was beetle mad. Yeah. That's right. I got a 48 Nash Ambassador now, which was owned by the guy that owned the Red Lion Hotel in 1948. Yeah, big well, fat old sedan. Yeah, get a local yeah. history. Uh, well. Very good. All right, go and catch Gary. Any of you blokes? Yeah, 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 I'm going to um, wrestle him. <laughs> what were we going to say? Any of you blokes? Nah, it's all right. Come on, come on. I was going to say, any of you blokes come across Brett Gibson and he's uh, red. He's got a red Holden Ute. His old man. Yeah. It took him seven years to do that. Um, huh? Yeah, it's got the Tunnel Ram 308 in it. Which one? Yep. Is it Fess or Fuss yeah. on the number plate? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a red Not, Yeah, yeah. Not, I actually played at the Not wedding. Luke. Not Luke. Nah, Brett. Yeah. Brett and um, Melissa. Uh, Melissa, that's the one. Yeah, Melissa cause, Hayes. Cause, yeah. Because Lukey was building a ute, wasn't he? Well, that's the ute. Is it, is that, it that is the ute that Luke was building yeah. initially. Because it was yeah, going so pur- to be purple with yellow fucking running gear or something, or was he initial? It's got point? yellow running gear. But, um, yeah, me and me and Luke started that. We put all the boys around. We brought it from a old this old farm place. We about 10 of us carried it onto a tray truck, lifted the thing. It didn't have wheels or a motor or anything in it, but then his dad took it over and, yeah, Bruce took seven years to complete that. I'm pretty sure they built it, built it down the road from my old house in Lanita Street, Delacombe. Oh, you were up there, Ada. Is Used there, to be. Is there, yeah, there a, is there a Nathan Gibson in that family? No, negative. No, negative. Oh, that's all right. Cause, yeah. Oh, I hear a can crack. We got a, hey, there we go. Now mm-hmm. we've got a podcast follow. You did Gibson. hear a train crack. <laughs> hey, well, there you go. No. All right. Well, <laughs> you likes to get back to it. No worries. No, we're done. I'm right. happy now. You're I, the last guest. I've been, yeah, right. Very good. <laughs> go, and jostle, well done. go and jostle your reptile, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Here's a euphemism if you need to. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Legend. Right out.
See you. Bye, dudes. Um, punk's, See you. Punk's not dead. Uh, punk's dead by Soft Play. Look up the song. Look up the band, Soft Play. I reckon they go all right. Yeah, right. Eh? You're the reason I still all like right. punk. <laughs> yeah, cool. Shit, all, all right, right, mate. Cheers, Catch man. Up. See ya. See ya. Yeah. Bye.